WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Trump-era special counsel John Durham is testifying before lawmakers in connection with the controversial report released last month. Durham's report concluded the FBI should have never launched a full investigation into Russia and former President Trump's 2016 campaign. To date, has any evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia ever been uncovered? I'm not aware of any. The House of Representatives censures Adam Schiff, representative of the 30th Congressional District of California. For misleading the American public. To my Republican colleagues who introduced this resolution, I thank you. You honor me with your enmity. You flatter me with this falsehood. Today, I wear this partisan vote as a badge of honor. In a city full of complaints about rising costs, the rent is going up too. The Rent Guidelines Board voting tonight for an increase at rent-stabilized apartments effective in the fall. The shouting spanned the entire meeting, but in the end, the Rent Guidelines Board voted to increase one-year leases by 3% and for two-year leases, 2.75 for the first year and 3.2% for the second year. Ron has always been a loser. In fact, he was going to lose the election in record numbers until I endorsed him. So it was an artificial win. In any event, club for no growth. They were with me and they won. When I cut off ties to them, they continuously lose. Let's keep it that way. And the Eurythmics, as we get our Thursday morning show going here on Sid and Friends, in the morning, in the rain. Boy, what a uh, crappy summer it's been so far. I know we had uh, one week a couple of weeks ago where we had uh, 85, up to 90 degree temperatures, maybe two or three weeks ago, for like three or four consecutive days. But outside of that, it has been a really crappy summer. I don't remember the last time I wore sweatshirts to work this often in June. And I believe this is now the third day this week that I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Now, some of that is because I'm living in two places at once, which has become increasingly difficult. I don't have my head buzzer, so I can't shave my head. Some of my shaving stuff and other things, toiletries, or my Manhattan apartment, but I'm sleeping in my queen's house, 
it has been uh, very difficult, to be honest. And um, but I was excited to go home because of the you know the, the beach. And I went to the beach on Sunday, Father's Day. It was gorgeous. Outside of that, I've not been able to get to the beach. And I believe we'll hear from Joe Nolan. The weather will continue to be bad like the next uh, couple of days. So a weird summer. I did have a nice summer surprise when I walked in this morning, though. Ordinarily, I'm used to seeing Noam Layden, Frank Morano, Frankie's guys, you know, Blaze and uh, Kenneth, Lewis and Justin. But look who's here on this Thursday morning. I guess he worked a double or a triple. I don't know. And that is uh, my former guy, Macedonia Phil, who for some reason was taken off this show. And I still don't know why, but I've been told time and time again, almost in angry fashion, you're not getting Phil back, which is uh, weird. I don't know why the management has has gotten so angry about that. I, I really don't. Here, here comes Phil. He came to the station. No one knew him. Uh, we built this character into a, a relative star. To Phil's credit, not me. Phil is very funny and smart on the air. And he became an integral part of our show, and they took him from me for no reason other than we need more help the rest of the day, which, again, is crap. Hire somebody else. Use somebody else. Don't take your marquee show and take away a big-time player. But we're past that already. I was angry for about a day. That was a couple of months ago, and I've moved past it. At least I say that on the air. But I miss him. And I haven't seen him in months, literally months. But um, he's here this morning. Now, why are you here this morning? Just so you know, I have a lot of people over the last couple of months that have said, what happened to Phil? Yeah. What, what happened? Did you what? just say you got over me in a day? It took you one day. Well, I have to it? say that I was Chad's going to get mad at me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah I got you know that I'm still day. upset. I texted you last week. Yeah, yeah. I miss you. I was crying, apparently, when I was texting. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was you bawling my eyes like, out. I, I haven't heard this show for a long time, but I heard it this morning, and it's still great, and I miss it. Um, why are you here this morning? I You, you nailed it. I worked a, a double, so I was here until uh, in the wee hours of the morning when you came in, and I saw you, and I don't feel like going on the subway this early, so I stuck around for a little bit. That's you know? not why. You stuck around because you knew that I was going to put you on the air. And unlike the rest of the shows that you do that nobody listens to, you're excited to actually have a huge audience like you do right now, so you stuck around. Sure. <laughs> Good enough for me. I just don't want to get I, – I, I don't want to, you know, uh, bother anyone by, like, making it seem like I'm forced onto the show. I mean, no, no, no. Force myself. No, no. You're just standing around no, and that lurking. Would, that would and, never be the right, no, no. assumption. Literally three no, feet no. behind the microphone. No, no. And no. It wasn't like you were in a different I studio put, or in the kitchen. No. And <laughs> sat down in a chair. It's just a long time after your shift ends right. and you're wandering around. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> so what, uh, what shows do you do now regularly? What shows are you on? I work in the afternoon tonight, so I do... Uh, I do stuff for Greg. I do oh, yeah, stuff. it's funny you bring up Greg. I, okay. I walk in this morning, and Good I hate move. this. Good I hate this. Good move. So there's a desk right outside the studio, and there's, uh, I guess, fan mail. When I say fan mail, I say that loosely because most of my mail is hate mail. I can't believe what you did to your mother. Shut up already. Seriously, my mother thought it was hilarious. 99% of the audience thought it was hilarious. None of you shut the radio off. That's my job, to get ratings and to keep you here. And that bit with my mom was brilliant. So enough with the, oh, what you did to your mom was bad. Shut up. Seriously. Let me worry about my relationship with my mother. So I'm reading all this stuff, and my my uh, mail was sky high. Are you going to attest to that? Yes, Phil? Sky high. 
And I haven't even read half of it yet. I got I got crazier, so I stopped reading. Then you get, uh, there's a pile for Rudy Giuliani next to mine. And Rudy's probably got about six or seven pieces of mail. And then you get Greg Kelly's pile. And I use the word pile loosely because there's one. One. I've got about a hundred. He's got one. No reason to tell that story other than, hope you're listening, Greg. Yeah, move on now. What else? What other show are you on? After Greg is Rudy, so I do stuff for Rudy. It's always a pleasure. I like working with Rudy. Yeah, Rudy's a great guy. He's a super nice guy. Super nice guy. I, mean, yeah. people, people, I, I feel like he's like a guy that, you know, he could throw around his title. The guy is, was the mayor of New York City. He worked with Trump. He's like a big, huge deal. Yes. And one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever worked with. Could uh, not agree more. Super, super cool guy. And I, I do Boston early, and then I do a lot of production stuff, so. You work with uh, John at all? Katsimatidis? Uh, sometimes, but mostly no. not. At that point, he's got his crew that's right. a very planned out show, no. and they, they plan it while I'm doing stuff for both. Do you come so. back for the average one, Mark Levin? <laughs> the, the who? The average one. Is that what they call him? He calls now? himself the great one. Okay. I call him the average one. The great one is Wayne Gretzky, Mark Levin, like Sean Hannity, same shtick over and over and over and over and over again. So he's the average one. Yeah, no, I don't work with the average one. I, I, at that point, I'm doing like production stuff. So right. I'm kind of like all over the place. So I it's do. basically it's Kelly, Giuliani, and Snurdly. For yeah, the programming here. That's that's the right. stuff I'm working on. Right okay. Now. And uh, where do you plan to be in five years? <laughs> <laughs> Face down in the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> Decaying. You still live in Bushwick. I still live in Bushwick. Yeah. And um, how's that going for you? Um. As good as living in Bushwick is, I yeah, hurt myself. So I know you hurt yourself badly. You're walking around <laughs> with a with a knee brace yeah, on still. Yeah, yeah. What happened? A, a, Curtis uh, says you got mugged. That's well, it's Curtis. You know, that's kind of hearsay. <laughs> right. You know, you could assume that whatever Curtis is saying is completely and utterly false and has no even a, a d- detection of truth. But yeah, you that's know. basis in reality. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. right. So what did happen? To I, you? I got into a bike accident. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. You were uh, you were hit by a vehicle or something, right? Similar, yeah. I was riding a motorcycle and I got hit by a bus. <laughs> oh god! Well, thank God you didn't die. Yeah. And all that happened was a bit, was a knee injury, I guess, sure, right? Yeah. Nothing to your head. I f- I hit my head. I was bleeding out of my head. You were bleeding out of your head. The doctor said he found nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Well, it's good to see you. I thought maybe you were sticking around for uh, Pride Day today. Because why would you think that? Well, because. We've known you now for about a year, uh-huh. and you've told us about this girlfriend you've got Yeah, that no one has ever met, no one has ever seen, not even a picture. So I was thinking maybe you were celebrating today. I don't know. Well, it's fair to assume. <laughs> I mean, I'll be celebrating my own way. Be... Okay. What are you going to do today? You're going to go home and go to sleep now, right? Probably. Are you off the rest of today? I'm off the rest of today. All right. Well, please come back again soon because we really do miss you. I would if, if it wasn't, you know, a complete detriment to my daily life. I oh, would. I understand. But yeah. uh, other than that, yeah, it's a pleasure being here. I love it. So right. Why not? Why wouldn't I come out? It would ruin my whole day if I came here. But sure, how I'll is, come here more often. How is he going to visit again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm just happy to see the kid. I, I miss the kid. It's fun being on. Well, it's good to see you. Thank you, Phil. Hopefully this doesn't get either of us in trouble. By either of us, I mean me, of course. Hey, one thing on the way out, you know, all the talk we had all those months about the NBA, Bill's a big basketball guy. 
And outside of my son, Gabriel, no one knows more about the NBA than Phil, not even Stephen A. Smith. And he was touting all year Jokic as the best player, the greatest player. And I made fun of this kid the whole year. And as it turns out, Jokic single-handedly delivered the Denver Nuggets their very first ever NBA championship. So congratulations, Phil. Thanks. It felt it was weird. I was like, of course, as soon as the NBA stuff was getting heated up, I'm off the show. I was talking about Jokic right. all year, but could you imagine if you were here that whole run with Jokic as Denver kept winning and winning and winning? It would have been great, probably for the best. I would have the day after they won a championship, I would have come here hammered. Well, let me ask you this uh, before I do let you go. Yeah. Tonight happens to be the very coveted NBA draft, yes. and it's a local event. The NBA draft tonight comes to you live from the Barclays Center right here in Brooklyn on Flatbush Avenue, not far from where Phil actually lives. And Victor Webinyama, seven foot four, uh, threw out the first pitch at the Yankee game two nights ago. He's going to be number one. There's no question. The question is, will Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson go number two to Charlotte? But Greg Popovich, who got Tim Duncan many years ago, that was the beginning of a great run, has his new Tim Duncan in victory tonight. Are you, Macedonia, Phil, absolutely confident that Victor will be a major superstar in the NBA? I'm fairly certain. I mean, it's there, there's no it's, it's not he's not hyped up to the extent he is without reason. I mean, the guy's a seven four giant who who moves like a guard. It's just it's it's stuff we've never seen before. So I'm totally totally in on the Victor Wamanyana hype. All right, you excited about the draft tonight? Not really. Okay, thank you very much for stopping by today, no, Billy. We stuff. love you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That's what I miss right there. See, has this enthusiastic conversation. Billy doesn't care. Uh, listen, we got a big day ahead again. We've got a bunch of guests. We start with my friend Bill White. Bill is a very interesting guy. You remember Bill White Lewis from the Imus days on the Intrepid. He basically ran that Intrepid deal for many, many, many years. Now he works with some firm in Buckhead, Georgia, but he's very, very, very close with President Trump. I mean, really close. In fact, I think he was in Bedminster just last week. And he's going to join us at 645 and kind of kick off the Pride Day celebration because not only is Bill White friends with Donald Trump, very, very bright, very, very handsome, but he's also gay. And we've got, I believe, three gay guests stopping by today as we celebrate Pride Day. And I'm okay celebrating Pride Day. That's fine one day. But you guys know I'm on record that I find it perverse that we spend a month celebrating people for their sexual preference. It's gross, to be honest. I also find it to be perverse. African American History Month, Black History Month. Everybody should get one day. I mean, everybody. Whether it's Columbus Day for the Italians, Black History Day. You don't need June 19th. Nobody even knows what the hell that is. Gays should get one day. Jews should get one day, which we do get. The fact that blacks get a month and gays get a month and veterans get one day, one day in November is nauseating to me. And I've said this many times on the air, and I've said it to Bill White and my other gay friends. And you know what? They all agree. They're gay, and they agree that a month is way too much. And Bill White worked with the Intrepid. He's a great American, loves our veterans, raises millions and billions of dollars a year for our veterans. And he said to me, and I've said this a million times, how do you celebrate veterans for one day and gay people for a month? 
But we will talk to Bill White coming up today. Also, Rachel McGay and Chadwick Moore. But it's Thursday, so you get the great Bill O'Reilly here today, plus Judge Napolitano, Bo Deedle, and uh, Corey LaJoy, who was a very successful NASCAR driver. So a lot going on in the way of guests. But I guess the, the highlight today comes from Washington, D.C., where yesterday uh, the Republicans, led by Kevin McCarthy, censured Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff out of California. Frank Morano made a great point this morning. You know what they did yesterday, basically? They made Adam Schiff's next race even easier because Democrat voters in California hate Republicans so much. They're going to use this. Adam Schiff is going to use this, put it in his toolbox as, hey, look at me. I'm on the right side, the left side. But you know what I mean? They even censured me. And really, censoring him means nothing. It's kind of like a, I guess, a symbolic type of thing, but it means nothing. So this may work out better for Adam Schiff than the Republicans, but at least for one moment, the Republicans felt like, hey, look what we did to you, I guess. And then Adam Schiff fired back and basically said, thank you so much. You know, you're paying all this attention to me. I must be doing something right. Where is the, uh, the cut, though, where they actually censure him? Which uh, which one is it? Number 10, Kevin McCarthy, is that it, Justin? What does it say? Uh, it says, yesterday on the House floor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right, let's there read it, it and we'll find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, cut number 10. Here's where he censures Adam Schiff for lying about having all this information about Trump's Russia collusion. That's resolution 521, the House is resolved. That the House of Representatives censures Adam Schiff, representative of the 30th Congressional District of California, for misleading the American public. What are you yelling about? He did. And for, and for conduct unbecoming of an elected member of the House of Representatives, that Representative Adam Schiff will be forthwith present himself in the well of the House of Representatives for the pronouncement of censure. That Representative Adam Schiff will be censured with the public reading of this resolution <laughs> by the Speaker. And that the Committee on Ethics shall conduct an investigation into Representative Adam Schiff's falsehoods, misrepresentations, and abuse of sensitive information. So I love it, right? You know, I can't stand Adam Schiff. He's one of the people that I really dislike. In fact, I hate him. That is a very strong word. I know that. But I hate Adam Schiff. He's a liar. He's a scumbag. He's a weasel. And everything he has said about my friend President Donald Trump for years has been a lie. But if you thought that censoring Adam Schiff was going to upset Adam Schiff, I got bad news for you. Lewis, this is Adam Schiff, cut number Eleven. To my Republican colleagues who introduced this resolution, I thank you. You honor me with your enmity. You flatter me with this falsehood. You, who are the authors of a big lie about the last election, must condemn the truth-tellers, and I stand proudly before you. Your words tell me that I have been effective in the defense of our democracy, and I am grateful. Today, I wear this partisan vote as a badge of honor. As a badge of honor. So, you know, one of the cool things about yesterday's proceedings was there was a huge catfight 
between Marjorie Taylor Greene and my gun-toting baby out of Colorado, Lauren Boebert. In fact, at one point on the floor, Marjorie Taylor Greene called Lauren Boebert a bitch. Yes, a biatch. Whoa. Oh, yeah. It's all. It's getting hot It's all. It is getting hot. Oh, yeah. But uh, Boebert, not only did they censure Adam Schiff yesterday, but the Republicans did, in fact, introduce articles of impeachment, which they did twice to Trump, against Joe Biden. This is a good one, folks. Lauren Boebert, as Marjorie Taylor Greene calls her the bitch out of Colorado. This is cut number 12. HRES 503 impeaching Joseph R. Biden, Jr., President of the United States, for high crimes and misdemeanors. Resolved that Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors and that the following articles of impeachment be exhibited to the to the United States Senate. Articles of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives of the United States of America in the name of itself and of the people of the United States of America against Joseph R. Biden, Jr., President of the United States, and maintenance and support of its impeachment against him for high crimes and misdemeanors. Article 1, Abuse of Power. The Constitution provides that the House of Representatives, quote, shall have the sole power of impeachment, end quote, and that the President of the United States, quote, shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, end quote. In his conduct as President of the United States and in violation of his constitutional oath faithfully to execute the office of the President of the United States and to to the best of his ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States and in violation of his constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Joseph R. Biden Jr. has abused the powers of the office of the President of the United States. Oh, that was so hot. Lauren Boebert yesterday introducing articles of impeachment for, as you heard, Joseph R. Biden Jr. Once again, folks, we celebrate Pride Day today at WABC. Huge show about to come your way. Bill White Curtis Sliwa, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Rachel McGay, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, Chadwick Moore, and Corey LaJoy, plus a little bit of Noam Layton. All that and more. It's the Thursday edition of your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. And now, Sid and Friends in the Morning presents Great Moments in Adam's History. Achievements of people with the last name Adams. Like Brian Adams. In April 2006, he was inducted into the Music Hall of Fame. Like Amy Adams. In 2017, Adams received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Like Ansel Adams. His main accomplishment was the development of the zone system of developing. And he even won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And finally, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh, you know. big. And I can't give you this gift. I'll give it to you later, you know. <laughs> years ago, actually, um, Cindy was in studio with me and Bernard, God bless Bernie's soul, Jill Vitale booked her, and she was great. And today happens to be Cindy Lauper's birthday. How old is Cindy today? 70, like every 70. Other Everybody's in their <laughs> 70s, everybody. Now, is Cindy gay? I'm, it's just, I'm just taking a guess that, yes. She is, right? I think so. But she did all that so. stuff with the uh, that wrestling guy, Lou Albano. But who knows? I've never really seen Cindy Lauper with a guy, and she she looks the part. But well, I don't know. If I was gay, I'd go after him. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got Bill White coming up at six forty-five. He's definitely gay, and uh, looks like John Katzimatidis is going to join us. My man John at seven oh five to kick off Gay Day here, and then I've uh, got a whole bunch of other guests. So it's going to be spectacular. Okay. I think Noam is correcting uh, that she's not. She's not on the other side. She's not gay? Field. No, she's Apparently not. Apparently she's married to a married. man. That's what she's married to a guy? That's what Noam Well, how does Noam know? When did Noam become the, um, I don't know, the she authority had, on gays? Well, she had this reality <laughs> show for a while. Oh, there you It go. involved her husband and her son. Oh, you know, he's right about that. I just saw things online that uh, yeah. she came out a couple of years. She let me tell you, let me tell you something. What you just did, Lou, was not nearly as bad what I did once. You thought she was gay. That's fine. So years ago, me and Bernie, who was doing the Olympics, we bring in, who's the other figure skater, the ball guy? Oh, I remember this. Remember this? No, oh, Adam, yeah. Adam, whatever. No, 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 um, no. Shoot, what's his name? Scott, he's very famous. Very famous. Scott something. The one who did the a- analysis? Yes. Oh, uh, Scott, yes. Yeah. Scott Hamilton. That's Scott it, Hamilton. Scott. Right. So Scott Hamilton <laughs> comes to this, he comes to the <laughs> studio, right, to meet me and Bernie. And it's through the Olympics. Scott Hamilton was a was a medal winning figure skater. You know, I can already see where this is going. Yeah, it's, it's true, <laughs> so he's sitting in the studio, the old studio by Madison Square Garden. And I go, um, you know, Scott Hamilton's here, and Bernie knew who he was, you know, to, to a certain degree. And I go, this guy's won medals, figure skater, and now he's an analyst. 
And I said, Scott, let me ask you. I said, what is it like, you know, doing sports analysis and all these things as a gay American? And he looks at me, and there's this awkward silence, and he goes, how would I know? I've got four kids. I said, wait, you're not gay? He goes, no, no, I'm not gay. I go, Scott, come on, man. I swear to God. I swear to God. And it went on for like, you remember this, Noam? I do. For like two minutes, I'm like, but bro, you're gay. You're gay. He's like, Sid, I've got four kids. I'm not gay. And then at the very end of the interview, I said, well, no matter what you say, you're my favorite gay uh, athlete. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you ought to see his face. He's like, gay? I'm not gay. So that's even worse than what you just did because Cindy's not here. Scott was in studio with me and Bernie. Do I really need to reiterate the fact we can't just turn people into gay people just, just to like, – I know, just, I know. Just because of yeah. pride that's Well, I, I mean, I figured he was a figure skater. Right. Like, like Brian Boitano, I love him. He's gay. Right, right. I, mean, I, I always – and this is a bad assumption by me – I figure most figure skaters, most fashion designers, how many years did I miss break Joe Abood's balls and call them gay? Hmm? Joe's like, I've got a wife. I've got daughters. His, his daughters are beautiful, by the way. He's like, I'm not gay. I miss is like, oh, you're gay. <laughs> so that, that becomes this well, that, really uneducated misconception. That's because he had a relationship with her, and, and they had a joke going on for years yes. about that. That's, yeah. that's why. That's why I wanted to correct it really fast. <laughs> yes. I uh, statistically, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually the case. I don't know. I don't know. So we, we played that uh, little Eric Adams bit. These bits are great. i got to give Chris Libertini who does all the commercials at this station. He's kind of the voice of the station, a ton of credit. You know, he comes from the Howard Stern School of really entertaining radio, and I love that. This show is all about that. So thank you, Chris, and guys like Herschel and Bavona. But on a serious note, Eric Adams, the mayor, continues to embarrass himself, and I can't get to him. He has stopped returning my text messages now for the better part of a week and a half. Uh, just when I thought, you know, he, the thing where he said in church uh, on Father's Day that God contacted him and told him in 30 years you're going to be mayor. As bad as I thought that was, Adams did it again yesterday. This time he starts to make roots uh, statements, talking about Kunta Kinte. I mean, what is going on with this guy? So if you missed it, this is uh, Eric Adams just days after he said God told him 30 years ago, he was going to be mayor on the date he really did become mayor. Yesterday, Eric Adams is talking about roots. People can say what they want. There are those in society that still long to see me stop saying Kuta Kente and they want me to say Toby. And it's uncomfortable for them. So you can whip me as much as you want. But when you take off my shirt, you'll see the scars are already dire. You know, I've gotten beaten enough that I can't be beaten again. I came into government saying Kute Kente. I'm leaving government saying Kute Kente. And if you don't know who he is, go see Roots. And then he drops the mic. Oh, he's like I missed it. Mic drop. His, I'm done. Wow, he's lost his mind. I mean, he's lost his mind. Mics aren't cheap, by the way. I mean, what are you doing? That's a. It's clearly he's calling uh, everybody else wow. racist, right? Roots. I wouldn't even bring up that that man's name. Wow. To me, it's almost like saying the N-word. It's close. I got to tell you, it's close. But that didn't stop the mayor, Eric Adams. And I know a lot of you folks out there, not a lot, but some of you that continue to talk to him, call him your friend. And I'm doing less and less of that. 
I don't know what's going on with this guy, but talking to God, talking about himself like he's one of the folks on Roots, which is another, another disparage of the white man who he's called crackers in the past and all these things. This is not funny. This is getting very, very serious. Mayor Eric Adams. All right. Let's uh, we're going to talk to Bill White. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. The world's best footballers. Yanks have seemingly found a little groove here, winning two straight against the Seattle Mariners, beating the M's for uh, the second straight night last night, this time by a score of 4-2. Johnny Brito made me eat yesterday's harsh words and sarcasm that I had for him. He went out and outdueled his counterpart in Seattle Ace, one of the best arms in baseball in Luis Castillo. Brito was stellar in his return from the minors, shutting out Seattle and only yielding two hits over five and two-thirds innings pitched. All four of the Yankee runs came on the long ball, with McKinney, Bowers, and Volpe all leaving the yard to help the Yankees cruise into the series finale tonight, hopefully looking for the sweep. Domingo Armand gets the start for his 7.05 p.m. first pitch against Seattle's Brian Wu. As for the Mets, they fell once again to the Astros in Houston last night, losing 10-8 to in the series finale to ultimately lose the series after uh, routing Houston in that opener from Monday night. That was an 11-1 win on Monday night. Uh, in a game last night, though, where the offense clearly showed up for New-, uh, New York, the pitching and defense even more clearly did not. The Mets used five pitchers on the night after Tyler McGill couldn't get out of the third inning, allowing four hits and five runs, four of those earned with four walks. Now six games under 500 and 13 and a half games back. The Mets are continuing to reel. They'll mosey into Philadelphia tomorrow night to open a three-game series with the Phillies. Off-season NBA shakeup news to get to here as well. Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, and Memphis Grizzlies agreed to a three-team trade uh, late last night. That sent center Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics and guard Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies and guard Tyus Jones to the Wizards and a bunch of draft picks uh, moving around as well in tonight's draft. And speaking of that draft, rounds one and two will commence at 8 p.m. tonight in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. In the first two rounds, the Nets will pick 21st, 22nd, and 51st overall. Well, surprisingly, the Knicks, they do not have a pick on the board this evening. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you for the world's best built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. fan, you don't know that the name of this song is Pride. They think it's in the name of love. The actual name of the song is Pride, this U2 classic, off of Unforgettable Fire. And on this, this day where I am, Sid, and WABC is celebrating gay pride, 
This is a perfect selection. Once again, Lou Rufino showing the world you're a genius. Nicely done, Louis. All right, my first guest of the day, even though John Katsimatidis is going to start the Gay Pride Day coming up at 7. Man, I love this guy. Trump loves this guy. I mislove this guy. His name is Bill White. He's the CEO of the Constellations Group. He is also a nationally respected advocate for first responders, military, and veterans' families. In fact, he's raised over $1.5 billion for these efforts over the last 25 years. Uh, His husband, Brian, or his boyfriend, I forget which one, they serve as National Finance Committee Vice Chairman for President Trump's 2024 campaign. I have to tell you this. For the gay people out there that take shots and hate Donald Trump, there's no reason. Trump is the only Republican presidential campaign ever to have fully supported the LGBT coalition supporting firm. And on top of that, he had uh, Rick Bunnell work with him years and years ago. So all this misdirected hatred makes no sense. So with all that said, here he is, my friend Bill White. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Sid. How are you? And happy Pride. It's um, I, I, I so appreciate what you said there. You know, I was listening uh, to you guys talk before about about Joe, poor Joseph Abood, right? What a great straight man. Oh, my God. And you, and, you know, one day my mother and father are listening to uh, the I-Man way back. Lou will tell you this. And he introduces me to talk about the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund uh, as Rear Admiral. Bill White. (laughs) And and my mother, my mother calls me and says, William, uh, doesn't that Mr. Imus know that you were not in the military? And I said, "Uh, yes, mom, he knows. Uh, she, she, She was, she was silent, hung up the phone. And that was that. But those were the days, like, when the I-Man would say that. And for what it's worth, I really believe, Bill, that the reason why this show has enormous success, there's not a show in this market, in this genre, I'm not talking about sports, in this genre that comes even close, is because even though we can't do what we did back on the Amos days back in 2000, I come as close as you can get. And if you think people don't want that anymore, you are foolish. You're you are crazy. mistaken, That's right? right. You know, let me let me tell you this. Uh, we're talking about pride, and I want to thank uh, John Katz. What a great guy! What a great family! What a great businessman and philanthropist! And the fact that he has you in this prime spot, said you and your amazing team. I'm proud of you. We're talking about pride, but I, I'm very proud of you because of what you've accomplished, what you're doing. You're speaking your truth to power. It's something. Many, many millions of people love listening to. I love the show. I listen to it all the time. I'm back and forth from Georgia, California, different countries with my business. And uh, I'm always listening to you, always listening to Cliff. I'm very proud of you. And you're doing Thank a great you. job. You you Thank keep you. it up. You no, know, you, know you, you, te- you texted me that last night, and I said, even though uh, you've met my beautiful wife, Danielle. In fact, we'll be married 31 years on Sunday. 31 years. Yay, uh, happy anniversary. Thank you, thank you. But after you texted me last night, I said, you know what? If I do it once, it'll be Bill White. <laughs> <laughs> Sid, you're on. You're on. We'll make an appointment, okay? You, you know, you, you talked about uh, Trump, right? I just I want to say this, right? There, he's the first uh, presidential candidate from the Republican Party ever to support uh, marriage equality before he was running, right? Before he was ahead, he said it right away. He he always jokes about us, right? We we see each other quite often. 
were at Mar-a-Lago uh, the first day uh, that he was arrested. We were at Bedminster uh, last week on the second day that these uh, clowns arrested him again. As we're coming through after his great speech about how corrupt all this is, we're in the line and we come up and he looks and he says uh, to his chief of staff, Susie Wiles, Dan Scavino, he says, oh, look at these two, Bill and Brian, I love these guys. Oh, man, do I love them. And then he pauses and he says, wait a minute. Wait a minute, not not in that way. <laughs> I just want to straighten that out. Right. Not well, that way. he doesn't have to do that because uh, we know the ladies love President Trump. But uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about what you just said about Trump and how he has supported the LBG2 community uh, all these years. I forgot the letter. I'm sorry. But uh, why yeah, why is it too, yes why is it that so many gay people just despise him? Is it because you're supposed to hate a Republican? What is it about Trump? Because there's nothing that he's done, nothing that he's done that says, I don't like gay people. No, no, 100%. He's, he, he appointed the first uh, openly gay member of the cabinet. Joe Biden did not do that. Pete Buttigieg, uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, he's a terrible politician. He was a terrible mayor. Uh, and he's doing a terrible job as the Secretary of Transportation. He's had no experience with that. Rick Grinnell uh, was the first Director of National Intelligence. He was uh, Trump's ambassador to Germany. Um, and he, by the way, was leading the initiative to decriminalize homosexuality around the world. That's Donald Trump. It wasn't Barack Obama. It wasn't Bill Clinton. Uh, all due respect to our former presidents. It was Donald Trump. I think a lot of these people... Uh, Sid, you know, they should be listening to more wide variety of the news. Uh, if you talk to people, they listen to CNN all day long. The gays and the lesbians that I know uh, stopped talking to me. Uh, it was more hard coming out for Donald Trump mm. than it ever yeah. was coming out to be gay. Well, that's in interesting. You know, it's interesting. I've got a guy coming up at 925, and Bill White, I know you know who he is. He just wrote a big book on Tucker Carlson. And um, he came out, like you just said, as a gay conservative, and he's been canceled. His name is Chadwick Moore. He'll be on at 925. Oh, Very, sure. You know Very Chadwick. Yeah, they, they canceled Chadwick because he's a gay conservative. Yes, it's it's a terrible thing. And this cancel culture has got to stop, right, what we're doing uh, to each other. This whole movement, by the way, shifted, Sid. I, I think we've, we've been talking about that for a while. Number one, we have great things to be proud of. Uh, but we give a whole month uh, to celebrate uh, gays being gay, right, to be being a lesbian, being bisexual, being trans, being questionable, uh, two-spirited. Uh, the alphabet soup has grown over the last <laughs> uh, decade uh, to something that we don't even recognize. Anymore. Rick Grinnell, the, the old gays like me, right, I'm 55 years old now, uh, we strove to get our rights uh, and that was about sexual orientation. This is about gender identification. It's very, very different. Um, and one of the things that we're we're seeing here is that this is some Chadwick talks about it. You've talked about it. The fact that we go into schools, into kindergartens, for Christ's sake, we go into kindergartens and we are in drag and our rear ends are hanging out of uh, uh, chaps. I don't mean to be crass while people are driving in the morning, but this is not appropriate. We are grooming kids. We are trying to teach them to be transvestites or, or trans. And this is not good. Wait till you're 18. Wait till you're of age. Whatever you want to do then, God bless you. We, we don't, we don't uh, 
say anything negative about folks who are consenting adults. I've talked to people who've had their genitalia removed by their parents when they were underage. They right. don't talk to their parents anymore. Jeez. They regret that. They can't go back. No. And we have people who've made the decision when they were of age, Sid, right, that they regret it. So I think the, the uh, mixture of the alphabet has changed in such a way that is not helpful. I agree with that. I used to be friends with uh, this guy, Milo Yiannopoulos, who uh, saw the president not that long ago when Kanye was there. And uh, Milo was, uh, he goes back and forth. He's gay one day that he's not, you know. But he told me uh, one day, me and Bernard, he said, you know, the gays, as a gay man, we don't really like the lesbians. There's almost like a feud, because he's also kind of a throwback gay man like you are. And he said, and don't even ask me about the transgenders. I have no idea what those people are. You being kind of the throwback 55-year-old gay man, do you share those uh, admissions with Milo or not really? Yeah, no, no, I do. And it's interesting because I'm trying to learn it. I'm a very I'm a very uh, open guy. I'm a very uh, Christian guy, right? I am someone who is always trying to listen to new, you know, new new things in the world and uh I get it. You know, I do get it when you're of age, but it's not part of uh, what we were working on, which is really the LGB, the the rest of it came along. I don't know how. Um, my joke was uh, Brian and I are thinking of suing uh, all the way to the Supreme Court to get the G, you know, to get the gay drop from this crazy alphabet soup. <laughs> you should, um, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And, <laughs> but, but look, but, in, but in, in all in all seriousness, right? Like what you're doing there at, at the WABC, Sid, and what you've done with your Life, you you speak to that. We we kid around, but there are some great strides, right? That this country has made. Uh, I'm married to my husband for for 13 years now legally. We've been together 22 years, so we were kind of married uh, 12 years illegally. And I told right? you the story that uh, I was at a book signing years ago for Kimberly Gilfoyle and Donald Trump Jr. at some bar in the city, and uh, I went downstairs. I brought Danielle with me, and I went downstairs to uh, take a picture with Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly, and I left Danielle upstairs, and she was talking to some guy, you know. And then when I came back, like, 20 minutes later, she was talking to the same guy, very good-looking guy. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I was so relieved to find out he was your husband. He was gay. I'm like, oh, I love this party. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Sa- safety in numbers, right? Danielle is beautiful. Right. Uh, she- she's safe with Brian and yeah. Billy. Uh, but, no, you know, that that's great. And by the way, happy anniversary. Thank you. Uh, to Thank you. you. Uh, to you both. Thank and you. All, Thank all, you. She, loves love. you. she loves you guys as I do. So I want to ask you one more quickly. You're, i got to bring you back more often. You're such a wonderful guest. But I did play earlier. Lauren Bobert, you're welcome, in D.C. yesterday, introducing articles of impeachment for uh, Joe Biden, your friend and mine, Trump. They did it twice. What do you think about the impeachment on the floor yesterday of Biden? Well, look, uh, Joe Biden is wiffle waffle. Talk about the pride, right? He was against gay marriage, then he was for it, right? He was campaigning uh, uh, for Barack Obama and completely against the gay marriage. So, when he says he's for gay marriage, he's uh, full, of, full of malarkey, as they say. But look, th- these are serious times. What Joe Biden is doing to Donald Trump is nothing short of uh, Castro-like, uh, Maduro-like, Putin-like, uh, Xi Jinping-like. Uh, it's dictatorial, prosecutorial terrorism. And what 
we can read from these coma reports, Laura knows this better than anybody because she's seen them, uh, he's basically embezzled over $30 million. They're going to find the proof that it went to the family. They have the documents. They're not done. This is going to be a thorough investigation. And look, by the standard, they impeached Donald Trump twice. Joe Biden should be convicted in the Senate, not just impeached, right? You impeach someone is one thing, but you got to get the conviction to get him out. Um, and I think that this is a noble effort. It should be explored. The evidence will come out and let the people decide, right? We have an election coming up. Uh, the way Joe Biden wants to run this is try to put Donald Trump in a box where he's a convicted felon by the time he's running. Joe Biden should be impeached by the time he's running. All things being fair, there's a case with this Biden uh, money. It's over $30 million, Sid, that the Bidens took for nothing. Why? Because he was vice president and the son was able to get money from Burisma, from the mayor of uh, Moscow, and from Chinese companies to get influence through his father, who was vice president for those areas of responsibility. Uh, that is, those are felonies. He should be absolutely 1,000% convicted. I agree. Bill White, you're an amazing guest. You're a beautiful human being. I love you to pieces. But this was a tremendous conversation. There's no way anybody could have done a better job of kicking off Pride Day today than you. So thank you so much for hopping on early. This was tremendous. I love you. We'll do it again very, very soon. Love you, Sid. God bless you and your team, and thanks for all you're doing. You're doing a great job. Thank you, Bill. That means a lot coming from you folks. There he is, the CEO of the Constellations Group, my dear friend Bill White. We kick it off the right way. Big hour coming up. John Katsimatidis, Curtis Sliwa, and Judge Andrew Napolitano. Folks, in the name of love. Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. I got another confession to make. I'm your fool. Everyone's got their chains to break. Holding you. Will you bother me? Cindy Lauper, this is, of course, the Foo Fighters' great song, Best of You. Uh, Cindy Lauper may be 70 today, but not everybody is 70 today. Lewis, our dear mutual friend, I do love him dearly, Corey Zelnick. His beautiful daughter, Bailey, turns 21 years old today. So happy birthday to Bailey Zelnick. And I want to read this from Bill White, who loved the interview. Once again, he was pumping me up, said, you're the best, you're the best. Talked about this song uh, by U2 Pride. He used to like Bono. Now he thinks he's a tool. But he said, please thank John Katsimatidis for being so wonderful. He is a giant among men, but above all, 
He's a great husband and father. And I can attest to that, too, of course. I texted back and forth with John on Sunday. His two beautiful kids, Junior and AJ, mine, Ava and Gabriel. He hosts not one but two great shows on this station. Every weekday at 5, Cats and Cosby. Every Sunday morning at 8, the Cats Round Table. He's the owner, but he's a friend, a dear friend. And here he is to kind of kick it off, even though Bill White already did a terrific job. My dear friend, I love him, John Katsimatidis. Good morning, John. Good morning, Sid. Now, is Curtis going to be upset because he's not on at 7.05 today? (laughs) You know, it's funny. I know that's why you were hesitant to return the text because you respect Curtis and you love it. Here's the good news. We get you, which is great. We love you. And coming up next at 7.25 will be Curtis Sliwa. So we get you both. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) I mean, uh, look, uh, today... uh, we're, WABC is uh, celebrating Pride Day, and we made uh, Jim McGreevy uh, the Grand Marshal of WABC Pride Day, and uh, we all like Jim. Jim is a good guy, and uh, I hope he does run for Jersey City Mayor. I mean, uh, it, it, I, I always like to see people make comebacks, and uh, uh, Jim has dedicated his life to uh, a lot of good things. Uh, uh, to God, religion, uh, helping people, and uh, he is a good, good guy. Uh, we talk, Bill White, tremendous guy. He did a tremendous job, raised a lot of money for for for, for the veterans. And I agree with uh, Bill White 110 percent that uh, uh, you know when I ran for mayor, I I and they asked me about uh, gay community. I said, look, people have the right to do whatever they want. That's why. The pilgrim. I remember my exact words. That's why the pilgrims came to America right. to have uh, freedom. Uh, and uh, on on the other item that uh, that Bill White brought up, I think it's a sin that if they force uh, kids under uh, like thirteen and fourteen and fifteen and uh, to do things like uh, uh, we had this lawyer on from California. Uh, when that his his, his uh, there's a 13-year-old girl that they they chopped off her uh, her breasts oh, yeah. at the age of 13. Jeez. And now at the age of 18, she wants to sue uh, the doctors, the hospitals, etc., because she changed her mind. And look, you 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 went through uh, kids that age, and I went through kids that age. Kids that age don't know what they want. No. So <laughs> when it comes to minors like that, then uh, I, I think they should be left alone. It's like that girl, uh, that uh, person in charge in uh, Disney, where they wanted to convert their, uh, their, their her five-year-old and six-year-old to transgender. Yep. No, it, it's, five-year-olds it's, and six-year-olds don't know what they're no. doing. Listen, let me tell you something. My daughter, Ava, my daughter, Ava, is brilliant, like your daughter, AJ, is. She's 19. She graduated year one, not graduated, but she finished year one at law school in Europe at the very top of her class. Year one, she's going back for year two. She's 19, and she's still, John Katsimatidis, she's still not ready to make any real major decisions. So what are we talking about here? Come on. When parents, when parents try to force kids to do things at those ages, 
That is a crime. Okay? When you're an adult, you can do whatever you want. You want to step in front of a bus? You step in front of a bus. You want to smoke uh, uh, pot? Smoke pot. But but to force kids, it's, it's wrong. Um, the, the other thing uh, was I had dinner. Uh, President Trump was in New York City last night. Uh, and we had a small dinner party for about uh, about 14 or 15 or 16 people. And um, uh, and he's always uh, promoted gay, gay pride. And uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's the open thing to do. Adults are adults, and they should do whatever they want to do. The, 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 the big item that came up uh, last night uh, on abortion, on how to handle it. And, uh, you know, when I ran for mayor, um, uh, uh, said, uh, I said to them, look, abortion, it should be up to uh, the mother, her family, her doctor. And that's it. Leave it alone. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know why it's anything so complicated. What say you? Well, I agree. And I got to tell you that. When I look back at that really lousy day, if you're a Republican, if you're a Republican, uh, Election Day 2022 turned out lousy. We thought we would get all these seats in the Senate. We didn't even get the Senate. They kept it. Uh, we thought we'd blow out the House. We have a very minimal advantage in the House. It was a losing day. All the big gubernatorial races, we got slaughtered in, and we lost, of course, Lee Zeldin. Now, we did win some seats here in New York, but... Around the country, it was a horrible day for Republicans. And when I look back, John, the one issue that I thought really made our day bad that day was abortion. That's why guys like Mike Pence, I know you love Mike. I like him. He's a nice guy. He can never win anything in politics because he's too steadfast in, in, in his abortion uh, opinion. That's never going to work in this country. It should be up to her, up to a woman, her doctor, and uh uh, her family. And right. That's it. That's you know, it. He, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Margo is uh, from Indiana, and she's right of a tiller to hunt, but she feels the same <laughs> way. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I'm I'm a Republican, but I, I'm pro-choice. Well, there, there's another issue that nobody really knew knows, and I brought it up last night at the uh, to, to President Trump, uh, and. Um, the other reason uh, we lost, or, or the uh, red wave never happened, uh, was um, uh, President Biden gets up and makes a statement that uh, if you owe more than ten thousand dollars in student loans, yeah, uh, it's going to be forgiven. Right. <laughs> well, guess what? Yep. And people don't realize that. Even the Republicans don't realize it. 26 million applications were filed. How do you think those people voted? It's a lot of votes. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, listen. 26 million. You yeah. know, they said, we lost Arizona. You know why you lost Arizona? You know how many universities and colleges there are in Arizona? Yeah. How do you think those people voted? Well, that's if you believe we really lost Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Still a lot of whether it's Donald Trump or Carrie Lake, they're not buying it. But you're right. I mean, that's a lot of votes. And uh, Joe Biden placates to them. And, of course, it's not free. And those that money just doesn't go away. 
uh, Americans like you and I, who work very, very hard and make good livings, in your case, great livings, we all have to pick up the pieces. But these young kids don't care. All they see is, wow, I'm off the hook. Wow, I can go to college for free. This guy Biden's the best. But they're morons because they don't realize that somewhere down the road, when they've got families and bills and real responsibilities, they are the ones who have the bullseye on their back. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, look, the, the sun is not shining, but uh, the uh, the gays have a beautiful day uh, otherwise than that. And um, God bless America. God and bless America. The land of yes. opportunity yep. and the land of the free to, to do whatever they want. And God bless you, John, for continuing. Again, we have all these days. I always say this, and I'm being very sincere and genuine, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, the uh, St. Patrick's Day, Israeli Day here, uh, Greek Day, today being Pride Day. I think New Yorkers really get a sense of togetherness, that kumbaya spirit uh, that you and Margot so brilliantly have done here. That's one of the reasons why this station is doing so well. So you've got a big heart, John, a big heart. You're a terrific guy. Uh, Bill White said it. I say it all the time. So congratulations, and uh, let's enjoy this day together, and thank Thank you for coming on. WABC specializes in bringing people together, not dividing them, and that's that's the key thing. Agreed. John, I love you, pal. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. John Katzenmatidis. Catch him at 5 o'clock tonight. Katz and Cosby. And, of course, 8 o'clock every Sunday morning, the Katz Roundtable. A lot more to do. Thank you, John. That was great. Bill White and John Katzenmatidis. Still to come, Curtis Sliwa, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Rachel McGay, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, Chadwick Moore, and NASCAR driver Corey LaJoy. All that on this special Pride Day edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, exclusively right here with the Foo Fighters on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Come on! Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Friday, the great Aretha Franklin, two uh, great spots by Bill White and John Katsimatidis. Curtis is going to jump in for a couple of minutes before Judge Napolitano. And ordinarily on this day, we would start with the mayor, Eric Adams. He's gone completely bonkers. I don't care whether you like him, Todd Shapiro, John, I don't care who you are. He's gone nuts. I mean, this guy... Talking about God calling him 30 years ago. She's not calling him, but God reaching out to him. And on that same day, he talked about Denzel Washington and glory. And yesterday, 
he brought up the name Kunto Kinte. He said it incorrectly from Roots and talked about the scars on his back. I mean, he's gone completely bonkers. Seriously. But we're not going to start there today. It is Gay Pride Day today at this station. Uh, by the way, the screen I'm watching here, sitting friends in the morning, you'll see these videos later. I'm wearing red. The screen is red. Curtis is wearing red. But Curtis, there's a gentleman named Carl Capo Torto. And I believe he played little Paulie Germani in The Sopranos. And he wrote something a while ago where he talks about you, which I think is going to shock people. In fact, I would advise you, stop the car, pull over, shut off the ignition, because you're about to hear something about Curtis Sliwa on this gay pride day today that you're not going to believe. Tell him, Kurt. Well, he wrote in his memoirs, Twisted Head, an Italian-American memoir that he had worked for me in the closing crew of McDonald's, where I started the Guardian Angels in 1979. And that uh, many of the members of that closing crew were gay. He was Is gay. That right? But nobody knew. Carl nobody was knew. gay? He was gay. In real life? Yes. So I wonder if, uh, you know, when Joe Ganescoli went to David Chase, and to this day every cast member hates Ganescoli's guts for it, and ended up playing the gay Vito character, did Carl inspire him? or not? Probably not, right? No. You never know. You never I don't know, know what yeah. went on behind uh, the, 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 the curtains. Right? He did, the rear admiral, very good. Yes. <laughs> but you, you heard Bill White speak, and a lot of people don't realize, it was 1977. In the very projects where Bernard McGurk was brought up in the heart of the South Bronx. We're talking the Monroe Housing Project, Soundview. Can't get any worse. It was worse then with all the gangs, black spades. I mean, and I was asked by one of my closers, a guy named Ralphie, who was very effeminate. He said, would you be kind enough to marry me and my boyfriend, Vinny? Wait a second. So Ralphie's in your crew, this McDonald's crew. Yes. Clearly, he's gay. He's asking you to marry a guy, Vinny, in the year 1977 when bashing gays' heads in was a cool thing to do. And they came to you, Mr. Tough Guy, to marry them? Well, because Ralphie had seen that when I was in front of the counter of the store, if you use any derogatory language towards any of the gays or lesbians who work for me, I go over the counter and fight you. So you don't talk like that in this restaurant. You actually had a sign that said that. Good Ab- for you. Absolutely. Good for you, Curtis. And this is what uh, Carl Capitoro Toro reports on. He writes in the memoir. Now, I married them in a huge community hall in the Monroe Housing Project. Curtis Sliwa, let me just say it again, married Vinny and Ralph Back in 1977. And all the Democrats were opposed to gay and lesbian marriage, remember? Oh, like Barack Obama, Joe Biden, all the folks now that tell you about the rainbow flag. And as Bill White pointed out earlier today, the only president, the only president to have gay people first, first in his cabinet, Rick Grinnell, was Donald Trump. Pete Buttigieg came later. Remember. So, yes, the Democrats are full of shizzle. Bill and Hillary had the defense of the marriage act. Would not permit gays and lesbians to get married, right? That was in the 90s. Correct. I had done the marriage in 1977. So I'm working over the worst four years of my life, Salem Communications, the Holy Rollers over there. You know, they, they'll sell you a, a, a dollar a holla, you know, on WMCA, no. the, the Holy Rollers. Is and that, I was is working Phil, there at the time. Is it Phil Boyce there now? Yeah, Phil Boyce, yeah. Uh, the rest of them. 
Uh, they couldn't have been any worse to me for four years. It was the worst part of my life. I'll never get it back. And nobody listened, by the way. So the the, the CEO sees this because it came out in the Huffington Post. And he goes, we're going to fire you for this. This is against family values. You did a gay marriage in 1977. I said, yeah. Tell me when you're going to fire me, and I'll have the press conference at State Supreme Court and sue you, you homophobe, for every nickel, diamond, penny you have. <laughs> yeah. And didn't you tell me that when you're running for mayor against Adams, they wanted to bring up stuff about you, portraying you, and Adams still called you a racist, which was really despicable and ridiculous because nobody does more for African Americans. I saw it. I was on the train that night with the Guardian Angels when every person in Penn Station that hugged and kissed you was a black person. But they were going to try to go that homophobe direction, too, yeah. but they would have failed because, hey, I married a gay couple 40 years ago. Well, actually, they discovered that when they did their deep research, the Huffington Post article, it says, Curtis Sleewood, gay marriage officiate. It was in the book of Carl Capitorno, Twisted Head Italian-American Memoir. They had it all ready to go. They were going to drop it on my head right before gay pride, which is this weekend. And then they realized, oh, no, you're going to give this guy all this attention as being a pioneer, the first. And as uh, Carl called me at the end, he said, but for me, Curtis was a freedom rider. He was ahead of his time. And so people don't realize that. I didn't realize That's that. That's the way I was born and raised by my parents. You don't disparage people. You always inquire. Why are they different? You have conversations with them. I had an apartment on Barrow Street in Greenwich uh, Village when my sister, Alita, my older sister, was on the road in the production Hair. She was in the musical Hair. They were in Amsterdam. She said, can you watch my apartment uh, over the summer? And there I was exposed to all kinds of gays and lesbians. Across the street, there was Bette Midler there with a guy. He was playing the piano at the piano bar. If he has another facelift, Barry Manilow, oh. his face will snap. Right. She was actually one of his backup singers or yeah, dancers. No, no. Or... I mean, look, it was that time of gay pride, Stonewall. Look, I knew I was heterosexual. I'm not afraid. Yeah, you want to inquire. You want to learn. Why are you the way you are? And they told me, we were born this way. Curtis, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. We chose this life where people are going to attack us and savagely. Well, you, know, you know what I've noticed? Uh, men are born that way. I mean, yeah. there are some men that try to fight it. They get married. They have kids. But they hate themselves the whole time. But there seems to be the last 20 or 30 years with girls, teenage girls, and it's a curiosity thing, where they'll be heterosexual their whole lives and then spend a couple of years being gay. They go back to being heterosexuals, but I believe men are born with it. But girls, younger girls, tend to, like I just said, out of curiosity, experiment, and they do it based on the time. Well, that, is, that, is that right? That, you know, I kissed a girl, uh, as you know, that famous song, yes. yeah, I kissed yes. a girl, Katy Perry. Yeah. But also they've been scorned by men. They hate men. Well, yeah. Look at no, how I, many. No, I, I, I look did, how many uh, women. No, I did drive a couple of girls to lesbians. Uh, yes, I, I, did. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, abused <laughs> by men, uh, sexually assaulted oh, by I don't men. Mean that. No, no, it's no, horror, breaking hearts. I mean, and I'm, so they, yeah. they they explore a little bit. Yeah, that's where bisexuality came about, especially. Yeah. But I I think for the most part, almost every gay and lesbian that I met, and this goes back to the sixties when my cousin Jimmy Lonegro uh, had the Plymouth Rock uh, Theater. 
in Massachusetts with his partner, Leon. This is in the 60s. And most of the actors and actresses, some of them very famous, were gays and lesbians. Of course. So I'm what, eight? I'm not frightened of them. I'm realizing, just like you and me, they just want to have a life. They want to enjoy being here in America. So when I was asked to do that gay marriage, first ever in New York State, go ahead, everybody out there, right? Accuse me of being a homophobe, the Eric Adams team. And they realized, no, if you if you drop this on his head, oh, man, this is going to explode on you, and you're going to give him a lot of attention. Wow. This is, uh, this is shocking, a shocking development. Curtis Sliwa, the first to marry a gay couple in New York. Now, I know you did it in 1977, Vinny and Ralph, and I know Carl wrote this, but are we 100% sure? Either way, you got to be one of the first. But are we sure you were actually the very first? You tell me anybody who tried to do that no, in the 70s, I right? No, no, no. You'd couldn't. be in jail. And by the way, <laughs> if you notice later on, it says, yeah, and Curtis was doing the robot all night long. I saw that. Wide in distance, stripping sweat, poking out moves in a freakish trance because I was the disco guy. Yes, and you in, still are. In, right, in the, in, in, in the uh, what they call the marshmallow shoes. <laughs> Not easy to do, right? Oh, but you can do it. Hey, uh, thank you for that. We'll get back to our regular stuff tomorrow, of course. We're getting awfully close now to City Council Day. Curtis coming up on Tuesday. And as I mentioned, Mayor Eric Adams coming up at 12 o'clock. Curtis Sliwa, we'll have all that stuff for you. Back again with me tomorrow. But thank you for that. Uh, that is well, an unbelievable just one story. Brief thing. He yesterday uh, in his drug-induced psychosis said that there was a co- coordinated effort to relegate him to a one-term mayor. He wouldn't say who it was. It's me, Eric Adams. Every waking moment of my day and my life, I'm working to make sure you're a one-term mayor because you're a crackpot. You're crazy. You're a box. You're titch. All the furniture is upstairs and rearranged in the wrong rooms. Kunta Kinte. There it is, folks. Curtis Sliwa. We are going to talk to Judge Andrew Napolitano coming up next. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. You wrote in your report, quote, based on the evidence gathered in the multiple exhaustive and costly federal investigations of these matters, including the instant investigation, neither U.S. law enforcement nor the intelligence community appears to have possessed any actual evidence of collusion in their holdings at the commencement of the crossfire investigation. To date, has any evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia ever been uncovered? I mean, there is, there is information, obviously, in the um, report that was prepared by Director Mueller uh, and whatnot. But as uh, to collusion or conspiracy... I'm not aware of any. And, and, when, and, and let me stop you. When the FBI opened Crossfire Hurricane, that's the issue at hand, it did not have any information that anyone in the Trump campaign had ever been in contact with Russian intelligence officials. Isn't that right? As we wrote in, as we wrote in the, um, uh, the report, we talked to the director of the CIA, the deputy director of the CIA, the director of NSA, um, uh, and people within the uh, FBI and there was no such information that they had in their holdings at the time they opened Crossfire Hurricane. Oh, let's think about Michael Keaton in the movie Night Chip. You like music, kid? Jumping Jack Flash. Rolling Stones, 
John Durham on the Hill yesterday. And that's what we're talking about. If that skank Mika's talking about it, too, and laughing. She's laughing. <laughs> John Durham didn't know. He wasn't aware. <laughs> Silly John. We all know. Come on, Paul Manafort, all those feelings, Russia. Clearly, everybody else knew John but you. John Durham was right. Now, what's funny is when the report came out, my next guest, really smart guy, love him, George Angelo Politano, said to me, I didn't love the report. I think the exact verbiage he used was, the report didn't go far enough. So with that said, back here in his regular spot on a Thursday morning, here he is, the aforementioned Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Knapp, good morning, buddy. How are you? Uh, uh, good morning. I'm great, my dear friend. Tough to follow uh, Curtis when he's on a roll, but it's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, we've had a great run so far. Bill White, John Katsimatidis, and Curtis Sliwa. And we've got a lot more great guests to come. But you are terrific. And, again, uh, if my memory serves me right, you did say when the Durham report came out, you thought he didn't go far enough. What do you think of his performance on the Hill yesterday? I, I think the same of his performance yesterday and your recollection of my comments on the report when it came out are are correct. He slow walked the report, meaning he took so long for it to come out that the statute of limitations had actually expired uh, on the civil rights violations perpetrated by members of the FBI who were out to get Donald Trump and were out to get anybody uh, that was around him. So it's too late for uh, Durham to prosecute anybody. It wasn't too late when he started his investigation. He didn't have to take uh, as long uh, as he did. He didn't have to go out of his way to praise uh, Bob Mueller and everything that Mueller found in the now famous or infamous, however you want to look at it, uh, Mueller report. Uh, I believe that John Durham, and I have nothing against him personally, had a reputation as a superb uh, federal prosecutor uh, in Connecticut. I believe that John Durham just wasted uh, federal dollars and covered things up. And Bill Barr should have known this before he appointed him. He should have appointed somebody like Jack Smith, like the guy who's aggressively going after Trump. They should have appointed somebody of that temperament and personality to go after the FBI for what it did to Trump. Now, Judge Knapp, yesterday on the House floor, Kevin McCarthy censured Adam Schiff. And uh, look, there's a lot of people I don't like. There's only a few that I hate. That's a very strong word. But I hate Adam Schiff. I hate him. Uh, He's a liar. He's a bad guy. And he puts himself and his own stupid ideologies ahead of our safety in our government. So when he was censured yesterday, I got a kick out of it. But the truth is, censuring Adam Schiff means nothing. I mean, what does it really mean? And, and, And Adam came back and said, Hey, you know what? Thank you. I'm honored you guys are spending this much time worried about me. So, yes, it's kind of cool. We don't like Adam Schiff. But the truth is, a censure really amounts to basically nothing, right? A censure does amount to nothing. It's like the House uh, holding somebody in contempt. You and I have discussed this. It amounts to nothing. If they really want to hold somebody in contempt, they should get them prosecuted for contempt. Now, now, Schiff cannot be prosecuted. I would have voted against the censure. I think it's a dangerous, dangerous precedent. Expect the uh, Democrats to do it to whichever Republican they hate. There's By the way, not only, is it, not only is it a dangerous precedent, and Morano made this point earlier, but it may backfire and may make Schiff's job of winning again in California, Judge, even easier. It may turn Congressman Adam Schiff into Senator Adam Schiff, right. because, and Schiff is very astute 
but his response was terrific uh, from his perspective. He, he will turn this into a badge of courage running in the crazy state of California. This will actually help him. But in the long run, there's a clause in the Constitution called the Speech and Debate Clause, which insulates members of Congress from being harmed in any way because of what they say or do in their role as a member of Congress. And that should have barred uh, this. Look, if he was uh, taking drugs on the floor of the House, if he was taking bribes, of course they can censure him. But for his words, for his political behavior, that's absolutely protected speech. I would have voted against it. I don't know if any Republicans uh, voted against it, to be honest with you. I don't think they did. I think they all were like, yeah, rah, rah, we're going to get this bastard. Hey, uh, Lauren Boebert yesterday on that same day introduced articles of impeachment. This is a very big story, Trump supporters. Introduced articles of impeachment for one Joseph R. Biden, and there's a whole bunch of charges. Now, we know they tried twice. They impeached Donald Trump twice, but got no convictions out of it. Uh, what do you think happens here? The Republicans, again, did uh, introduce articles of impeachment for Biden yesterday. I don't think anything will happen. You know, I rarely agree with Kevin McCarthy. You and I have been through this many times, particularly on debt and on big government. Uh, but I agree with him on this. They need to let um, Congressman Comer uh, they need to let that investigation proceed. They need to develop more hardcore evidence. I understand the impulse to want to do this, and I understand the timing to want to do this because we're approaching the presidential uh, election season. Uh, but th- but they need to let the system play out. Comer is working, you know, 18 hours a day to develop what evidence he can. He has a huge staff there, and they're doing a wonderful job. But you can't rush it. You can only depose so many people in a day and get so much. Uh, information uh, out of them. I believe the evidence is there, just like uh, Bill O'Reilly said uh, earlier. Just a question of getting it out legally so that it can be used legally and so that it can legally be exposed to the American public. But yet again, the statute of limitations has expired on prosecuting old Joe. If they have evidence that he took a bribe when he was vice president, it's too late to prosecute him now. He skates. Now, if he didn't pay taxes on the bribe, that statute of limitations has not expired. He cannot be impeached for something he did before he was in office. Is that you right? See how the government, you see how the government has written these laws to protect themselves? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you are, you're 100% sure that if, in fact, they've got him taking bribes when he was vice president because of the statute of limitations – there's nothing they can do? That's 100% true? Correct. He cannot wow. be prosecuted. It will destroy his political legacy, whatever's left of it, and he can't be impeached for something he did before he was in office. I think it would cause the Democrats not to renominate him, which would be good for them, because his presidency is indefensible. Uh, the Democrats would have a better chance of holding the White House if still in the blank ran, not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder, too, if uh, some of this uh, knee-jerk quick impeachment yesterday, not only because the election is, is not far away, but when you see what happened with Hunter Biden a couple of days ago, just disgraceful. You know, he's got the two charges, uh, the tax evasion charges and the illegal gun. And you got a rapper who had to go to prison for basically the same charge. 
And Hunter Biden, as Donald Trump put, he was a thousand percent right, Mr. Trump. I love you, President Trump. Uh, said basically he got a traffic ticket. I don't know how anybody, any sane, nonpartisan individual can make an argument that the way they treated Hunter Biden is the same way they treat Donald Trump or any other Republican for that matter. That was disgraceful a couple of days ago. And maybe that was the motivation behind impeaching Biden because Republicans are so pissed off. Could very well be. I, I could not agree with you more on on the treatment of uh, of Hunter Biden. You know, you got a million four in taxes, not a million four in income, a million four in taxes uh, that wasn't reported. You know, it's one thing to pay to report and pay your taxes late. You pay the penalty. The IRS understands that. That's not criminal. It's another thing not to report the income and expect the IRS uh, isn't going to catch you because of what your last name was. It's hard for me to get my hands around the fact that the prosecutor here is a Republican Donald Trump appointee. Remember, when the uh, president comes in, he usually asks all U.S. attorneys, there are 70 in in the country, 70, uh, to resign. And Joe did not do that. Joe specifically kept this Republican appointee in Wilmington, Delaware, on knowing the guy was going to have to prosecute his son. And still, and still, this moral equivalent of a traffic ticket uh, resolution came up. You know, it's still got to be approved by a judge. I wouldn't have approved it, but most judges would. Most judges will say, you know, I have the government here and the defendant here, and they both want the same thing. The case is uh, resolved. I get credit for resolving the case. If I were the judge, I would say, no way. This is not consistent with the way the laws are supposed to be uh, enforced. It's not going to happen in my courtroom. We're going to call a jury next week, and you can try the case. Well, Judge Knapp, on the way out, not only do you do a great podcast every week, and, of course, uh, this appearance on my show, which is absolutely terrific. Everybody loves you and loves it. But you write a great column every week, and folks should read it. Uh, For folks uh, that may be looking at it for the first time today, what are they going to see? They're going to see my column called No Warrant, No Problem. The Biden administration revealed last week that when it cannot get your personal data out of your iPhone, it is buying it from the telecom company. Want to find out where Sid Rosenberg was yesterday? Find out where his iPhone was. Wait a minute. You need a search warrant to do that. In order to get a search warrant, you have to have evidence of crime. There's no crime that that Rosenberg, there's no evidence that Rosenberg committed a crime right. But we'll just bribe the telecom companies to enter the computer chip in his cell phone and tell us where he was. This happens over and over again. And to my shock and dismay, the, uh, the, to my shock, not dismay, the feds admitted this uh, last week. It's reprehensible that they are doing indirectly what the Constitution prohibits them from doing directly. Of course, we already know they've done this. The FBI suppressed um, the Hunter Biden uh, story. The FBI bribed Twitter not to, uh, to uh, advance anti-Biden or pro-Trump speech during the 2020 campaign. So they've eviscerated the First Amendment. Now they're eviscerating the Fourth. Man, uh, I don't think uh, I realized when I was a kid, Judge Knapp, and, you know, books I had to read, which were great books. They're trying to ban them now, but Catcher in the Rye and and others, uh, how brilliant George Orwell actually was, because 1984 is 2023. Correct. Correct. He predicted all of this. The government is monitoring us everywhere we go. 
every keystroke on your iPhone, even if you correct it, even if you delete it, everything uh, the government has access to. It doesn't give a damn about the Fourth Amendment. And I'm sorry to say it doesn't matter who's in power. Uh, the FBI that went after Donald Trump was the FBI under Donald Trump. <laughs> the first thing the, the next uh, president has to do is to fire Chris Ray and fire the uh, leadership of the FBI that yep. thinks it can use politics to motivate law enforcement. That has to get out of our system. Well, I think Trump will do that when he wins. Not if, when he wins in 2024. He will fire Chris Ray, and that'll be the start of a new day. As always, Judge Napolitano, not good, great. Love having you here every Thursday. Thank you so much. We'll do it again next week, buddy. God love you, my man. All the best. I love you, too, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Wraps up a really cool first two hours. Phil White, John Katsimatidis, Curtis Sliwa, and Judge Andrew Napolitano. Still to come, Rachel McGay. This will be a great conversation coming up at 825. The ratings leader, the man himself, the great Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. My dear buddy, always very entertaining in studio on a Thursday. Bo Deedle, he's coming up at 905. This is another big one. Chadwick Moore, conservative, gay. He's been basically canceled Wrote a great book about Tucker Carlson. He's a great guy. You're going to love Chadwick. He's coming up at 925. And NASCAR driver Corey LaJoy. Wrap things up coming up at 945 this morning. The second half of the Thursday edition of your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively on Talk Radio 77. WABC is coming at you. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. And now, Sid and Friends in the Morning presents Great Moments in Adam's History. Achievements of people with the last name Adams. Like Brian Adams. In April 2006, he was inducted into the Music Hall of Fame. Like Amy Adams. In 2017, Adams received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Like Ansel Adams. His main accomplishment was the development of the zone system of developing. And he even won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And finally, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. I hate rats. Rats, rats, rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. Let me tell you how scared I am of rats. The rats may be listening. I'm terrified of rats. All of you are scared of rats, too. I had a real rat infestation. Rats are everywhere. We were feeding rats. Those rats use it as perfume. Trust me, you got rats. We were creating an environment where rats felt comfortable in fighting rats. Fighting rats. If you're not scared of rats you are you are really you're my hero
great Brian Adams song. Brian mentioned in that bit, One Night Love Affair, as we start hour number three at 8.12 on your rainy Thursday morning in New York City. It's been a great show already. Bill White, John Cachimatidis, Curtis Sliwa, and Judge Andrew Napolitano have all stopped by. Coming up this hour, Rachel McGay, she is the New York chapter leader for Gays Against Groomers. On this uh, Pride Day, mind you. And then uh, Bill O'Reilly. And then we'll do Bo Deedle, Chadwick Moore, and NASCAR driver Corey LaJoy in the final 9 o'clock hour. I did say that right, yes. Gays against groomers. Rachel McGay is coming up. Just about every guest so far today has mentioned Donald Trump. In fact, John Katsimatidis mentioned that he had dinner, a uh, small dinner in New York City last night. Uh, the president, of course, is in New Jersey but I guess he came into New York City last night. There was a small dinner, so John had a chance to see Trump. And Trump and John have a very good relationship going back many, many, many years. And every guest has mentioned Trump. In fact, I told you that a week from tonight, I received an invitation yesterday from my friend Sergio Gore. And Sergio, is uh, he's got the, uh, I think they're called the Winning Team. They're all called that. Winning Team Publishing, that's his. And they write all of Donald Trump's books. They write Judge Jeanine Pirro's books. Remember, Judge Jeanine was here for an hour a couple of weeks ago. And now the new book is Carrie Lake's book. And uh, Carrie was on this show a few days ago. She was great. She'll be back next week like Judge Jeanine for a full hour. And then a week from tonight in Bedminster, they're having this uh, little book party for Carrie Lake. President Trump is going to be there. And even though it's $4,000 a couple, 4000 me and Danielle were invited as guests for free. But I can't make it because I've got the red carpet premiere of the Amazon Prime mob drama that I star in. It's called Gravesend Season 2, which I believe will start on Amazon Prime next Friday the 30th. Great show. I know Willie DeMeo has added a lot of talent for Season 2. Chance Palminteri, Vinny Pastore. Armand DeSante, Paul Ben Victor, Fran Drescher, Gina Gershon, to an already great cast. Guys like my friend Peter Gordio, Chris Bermondo. So it's going to be a big season, and I've got the red carpet premiere on Long Island next Thursday night, and I can't miss that. In fact, I start shooting season three, which I'm really excited about, an even bigger role coming up in July. So I'm going to miss the president again next Thursday. That's twice. As Lara Trump said to me yesterday, Sid, you're too popular. When you miss President Trump twice, then you know how popular you are. But the president did speak yesterday. And, of course, he spoke about Ron DeSantis. And he went after Ron pretty hard. I remember when he first talking after DeSantis, I was like, why is Trump doing that? I like Ron DeSantis, Republican governor, doing a great job in Florida. In fact, he's my second choice. Why doesn't Trump pick on Democrats? And Lara said to me, you know, be careful. There's always a method to President Trump's madness. And while everybody criticized Trump for going after his own guy, Rand DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, he beat DeSantis' face in so badly that it's never been a race. 25 points, 30 points, 40 points. So it seems to me that I was wrong and President Trump knew exactly what he was doing based on the poll numbers, and where they are today. So he continued the DeSantis beating yesterday on his social media, Truth Social, 
This is how Lewis is Donald Trump number 14, and he says Ron DeSantis has always been a loser. The very stupid and little respected China-loving club for no growth, which has been backing Ron DeSanctimonious as his poll numbers have been absolutely crashing, has just spent some of the rhino money they have accumulated on an ad campaign hoping to counter the fact that DeSanctis just off the worst presidential launch in history, opted three times to cut and destroy Social Security, even lifting the minimum age to 70 years old. He also voted to cut Medicare and institute a 23 percent national sales tax, which will hit our country hard. Ron has always been a loser. In fact, he was going to lose the election in record numbers until I endorsed him. So it was an artificial win. In any event, club for no growth. They were with me and they won. When I cut off ties to them, they continuously lose. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> Go get him, President Trump. Ron DeSantis has always been a loser. And again, the, uh, the two big stories yesterday from Washington, D.C., Kevin McCarthy and the House actually censured that ass munch Adam Schiff here is the actual audio from Kevin McCarthy when he does it to Schiff. This, Lewis, is Kevin McCarthy, cut number 10. That resolution 521, the House is resolved. <laughs> that the House of Representatives censures Adam Schiff, representative of the 30th Congressional District of California, for misleading the American public. That's right. What are you talking and for about? Du- and for conduct unbecoming of an elected member of the House of Representatives, <laughs> this is that Representative Adam Schiff will be forthwith present himself in the well of the House of Representatives for the pronouncement of censure. That Representative Adam Schiff will be censured with the public reading of this resolution by the Speaker. And that the Committee on Ethics shall conduct an investigation into Representative Adam Schiff's falsehoods, misrepresentations, and abuse of sensitive information. Now, all that sounds great. It's a rah-rah moment for folks like me who hate Adam Schiff. But the truth is, a censure means dick. Don't do nothing. And if anything, it may even propel, as Judge Knapp said, Adam Schiff from Congress to the Senate. In fact, Adam Schiff spit right in the face of this censure and said, thank you, Adam Schiff. Cut number 11. To my Republican colleagues who introduced this resolution, I thank you. You honor me with your enmity. You flatter me with this falsehood. You, who are the authors of a big lie about the last election, must condemn the truth-tellers, and I stand proudly before you. Your words tell me that I have been effective in the defense of our democracy, and I am grateful. Today, I wear this partisan vote as a badge of honor. Oof, a badge of honor. And finally, the bigger news, of course, was that the Republicans, the House, I should say, the House, did in fact deliver articles of impeachment to one Joseph R. Biden. Now, mind you, uh, earlier in the day, there was actually a catfight between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. I like Lauren out of Colorado, gun-toting, whack job, I love her. And at one point, Marjorie Taylor Greene called Lauren Boebert. They're on the same side. Called Lauren Boebert a bitch. Yeah, right there on the floor. She called her a bitch. It was actually a little bitch. She a wasn't even a big bitch. She was oh, like a little bitch. A little bitch. bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I remember one time um, John Horn said that about Evander Holyfield. After Mike T- Tyson bit his ear off, John Horn, Tyson's guy, said, and I quote, he jumped around like a little bitch. Anyway, here is Lauren Bobert introducing articles of impeachment for Joseph R. Biden on the floor yesterday. HRES 503 impeaching Joseph R. Biden, Jr., President of the United States for High Crimes and Misdemeanors. Resolved that Joseph Robinette Biden, Jr. is impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors and that the following articles of impeachment be exhibited to the, to the United States Senate. Articles of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives of the United States of America in the name of itself and of the people of the United States of America against Joseph R. Biden, Jr., President of the United States, in maintenance and support of its impeachment against him for high crimes and misdemeanors. Article 1, abuse of power. The Constitution provides that the House of Representatives, quote, shall have the sole power of impeachment, end quote, and that the President of the United States, quote, shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, end quote. In his conduct as President of the United States and in violation of his constitutional oath faithfully to execute the office of the President of the United States and to best and to the best of his ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, and in violation of his constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed, Joseph R. Biden Jr. has abused the powers of the office of the President of the United States. There you have it, folks. We'll talk to Bill O'Reilly about that. We spoke to Judge Knapp about it. We even brought it up with Bill White earlier in the program. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. But coming up next, as we continue to celebrate Pride Day today, we had Bill White earlier. We've got a great guest in chat with more coming up next hour. Rachel McGay, who leads the New York chapter of Gays Against Groomers. Rachel and Bill coming up on this Pride Day edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC.
Happy birthday, 70th birthday to my friend Cindy Lauper. I love this song. You spin the Kodak commercials. Two colors. Cindy Lauper is 70 years old. We're all very, very close to death, Louis, trust me. She was just jumping around like a little girl singing Girls Want to Have Fun, and she's 70. Do want to send a shout-out to Kelly Brink, the very talented producer for the Yucatel show. They had Woody Giuliani uh, two days ago. It was great. Kelly listening from somewhere in, I believe, Ohio on this Friday, Thursday morning, which brings me to my next guest. Her name is Rachel McGay. She is the New York chapter leader for Gays Against Groomers, and I'm proud to have her on the program. Rachel, happy Pride WABC Day. How are you? Good morning, Kate. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, and happy uh, Pride Day. Uh, you know thank you very today? much. Thank you. Uh, you can follow Rachel Twitter at M-A-G-A-Y underscore two. Uh, Twitter also at against G-R-M-R-S. So, look, just so you know, uh, I'm with you, Rachel, 100%. Uh, this grooming stuff to me has become a huge issue in this country. I mean a huge issue. So much so that I think that your conventional uh, homosexuals, you know, people like Bill White, who was on with me back in the 6 o'clock hour. He's going to be 56 years old, and he's a very proud gay man. But he can't stand what's going on, and especially with the, the group that you're talking about, these groomers. Tell us uh, how this whole chapter started, the, the whole thing, and uh, where you are today as to when you when you started where you were. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I completely understand how Bill feels. I shared this feeling how uh, us, the gays, uh, the old generation of the gay people who fought uh, for just acceptance, just to be left uh, to live our lives as, as we are, uh, to live and let live and to be treated equally uh, by the law, uh, to have same rights. This is what we fought for. But what we've seen in the recent years is that our community has been hijacked uh, by activists, by uh, predators, um, and we we are done with it. The Gays Against Groomers uh, is a coalition of gays, lesbians, bisexual, and trans people who are just tired of seeing how uh, we we seen these trends of indoctrination and sexualizing, medicalizing children under the guise of LGBT uh, inclusion. Um, so this organization was founded a year ago by Jamie Mitchell. Uh, and since then, we started uh, opening uh, chapters. We have right now 11 chapters across the state, and we keep growing. Um, we have over 90 members in our organization, and we're all devoting uh, our time. Uh, it's all volunteer. We're devoting our time to, to educate if it is online. Um, and, uh, and on the field, we've been uh, assisting to pass 16 regulations and laws and guidelines that ban gender identity for being uh, forced onto children um, or um, to ban gender or feminine care, quote-unquote, to minors. Uh, we are opposing drug queen story hours or drug uh, drug shows for minors. Uh, we're opposing the indoctrination that is happening at schools uh, with these materials. Uh, and we're just saying no. Um, I recently took the, the position of uh, the leader of New York chapter just of last week, and I'm building my, my chapter. I'm, I'm recruiting members uh, to help us uh, fight this at what's happening here in uh, New York State. And, and listen, it's a great fight. Uh, again, I'm on your team. I think it's gross, indoctrinating our children, making decisions 
for them, not even their parents. And, of course, these kids are way too young, way too young. As I said earlier, my daughter's 19, second year of college. She's brilliant, brilliant, and she's in no position to make these types of decisions. So I commend what you're doing, but it did sound like those numbers while you're building them are still kind of low. So I ask this out of ignorance, Rachel. Is it fair to assume that you are still in the minority and the majority of gays and lesbians and trans are okay with this? I believe that the majority is not okay with it, but we are the silent majority. Uh, everyone who is talking against uh, these issues are being immediately called homophobic, transphobic, uh, a bigot. And people are scared. People are sharing with me, um, you know, privately texting me on my Instagram account, which actually you, you said you can find me on Twitter. It's, uh, on Instagram, I'm more active. Um, People are sharing with me how they're thanking me for being outspoken and for leading this fight because they feel they cannot speak up. They feel that they're worried uh, how their friends going to be accepting of them or they don't want to offend people. So I think we just need to get that that, that switch um, for, for people to understand that there's things that are more important than other people's feelings. You know, I, 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 I always say that I think um, I'd rather get the hardest truth over the sweetest lie, mm, I think like lying is not yeah. being—it's not pro- uh, productive. Right. So, you know, by us being lying and trying to be, you know, uh, inclusive, inclusive and accepting of our friends, uh, don't want to. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't want to offend anyone. It's not really going to be productive. No, well, you know so what? It's very like similar. More, yeah, it's very yeah. similar, Rachel, to how people felt about Trump. A lot of folks voted right. for Trump and refused to admit it. And I had this conversation with Bill White earlier, too, Rachel. I know that you appreciate President Trump. He was the first mm-hmm. to have a gay man, Rick Grinnell, as part of mm-hmm. his team. Uh, he's been friends with Bill White for 100 years. It wasn't Barack Obama. It wasn't Bill Clinton. It was Donald Trump. Yet, yet, when you talk to a lot of gay folks here in New York City, they they talk about Trump like he's the devil. He hates gays. Mm-hmm. Nothing can be further from the truth. He's never said anything. He's never done anything. And again, unlike Clinton and Obama, he had a gay man working for him. So why do you think that 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 ridiculous lie is out there about President Trump? So I will I will share about President Trump for my own. uh, This is my own personal opinion, and I'm not representing gays against groomers with this. Uh, Gays against groomers is a non but. a non-political organization, uh, but myself, Rachel, and as you shared, my name, my my online name is Mage, which is Maga Gay, Mage. I like that. Uh, yes, I'm a I'm a Maga person. I support Trump, and Trump has been the uh, the first president uh, to walk in the White House pro same-sex marriage, as you mentioned. <clears throat> uh, he nominated Rick Grenell to be uh, first to be the uh, the ambassador to Germany, and then later on uh, to be the acting director of the Intelligence Committee. And together, they uh, they launched the fight to decriminalize homosexuality around the world, and especially in the Middle East. But nobody gives him credit for any of that. Um, <clears throat> he's been talking how he's been in New York. You know, a, a New Yorker cannot be homophobic in a way you, where you're surrounded. We have so many gay friends and being in the community and be loved by the community. I think what we ha- what we've seen and why people are are hating on him and are thinking that he's an enemy of the gay people. It's, it's everything else that people think of him. It's like the media is taking the things that he's been sharing um, or be saying out of context constantly uh, to, to to trash him, to to make him look bad, uh, to, to make him sound like it. And many people don't even know um, that 
he actually support gay marriage right. or, that, uh, yeah. or, or the, of, of the fact of Rick Rennell. Like I, I'm constantly educating people about it. Well, I don't know if they, so, they're ignorant or if they just don't want to hear it because they enjoy hating them. But uh, the poop is in the pudding, as you and I just talked about, Rachel. And uh, Donald Trump is the guy, is the guy that stood up for the gay people, included gay people, while these other Democrats who act as if they do, they did nothing. Once again, the New York chapter leader, Gays Against Groomers, can follow Rachel at M-A-G-A-Y underscore two. I think you're doing terrific work. I really do. Uh, feel free to come back anytime. You've got my support. Keep up the great work, and happy Pride Day, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you for having us. You got it. Take care. Rachel Maga. Why I'm a gay here on the Sid and Friends in the Morning Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, you're my best friend. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. on your Thursday morning. This is uh, Gay Pride Day today here at WABC. We've had a great guest uh, guest list already. Bill White, John Katsimatidis, Curtis Sliwa, Judge Andrew Napolitano. And moments ago, the New York chapter leader for gays against groomers, Rachel McGay. But, of course, nobody, and I mean nobody, gets the ratings my next guest gets. They are through the roof every time he's on. And why is that? Because he was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights right here on WABC or his own website, which is tremendous, BillOReilly.com. Great daily columns, the morning message. Of course, he's got interviews on a TV show, the Killing Series, Killing the Witches. The next big one has been a hit, every single one of those books. And most importantly, Bill O'Reilly's a great guy. Trust me, now I can say that. I've gotten to know him. So don't be fooled by the austere exterior Man's got a lot of heart. Here's my friend, Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. So you're defaming me? You're telling me yes. everybody I'm a great guy? I know. I, I mean, shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know how I know? Because when I get pictures from Bill O'Reilly on a trip he took to Ireland with his son, who's a great kid, Spencer, last week, and you look so happy, I say that's a great father and a good man. That Ireland trip, Bill, looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a father-son trip uh, for Father's Day week. Uh, there were 12 of us. Uh, we went up to Donegal, which was the last county in Ireland I had not visited. And then we went over to Northern Ireland, where I had reported in the 1980s when I showed them all where I was in Derry and Belfast. It was pretty interesting. I was in the Belfast Titanic Museum 24 hours before the report that the submersible was lost. Wow. I mean, it was like eerie. So thanks for mentioning your trip. It was great. Everybody had a good time. But now I'm back, and I'm ready to go. Uh, one thing I, I did see in the picture is there was one picture of you and Spence, and behind you there was a wall, and it was depicting King Charles as, like, this evil, evil person. So I yeah. guess not everybody in Ireland is over the English, huh? No, no. It, it, this is a very unreported story that in Northern Ireland, the Catholics and the Protestants uh, which represent the Republic of Ireland, uh, the South, and then 
the Protestants who are uh, uh, allied with the king in London, uh, they hate each other. There's a wall on Shankill Road still, a wall, a giant wall separating the two neighborhoods. Um, so, yeah, they're not killing each other because they all want to make money. And the women of Ireland said, basically, knock it off or we're not going to have sex with you. That's what, what? that's really why it stopped. Wow. And and but they hate each other. It's still there. It's palpable. How about that? And Bernie always said that about his father, God rest my partner's soul, that even today in his 90s, he's still alive, his dad. He still hates the English with a fervor. So it's funny seeing that picture. But you are back, and a whole lot has gone on since you left. Let me start with Warren Bulbert yesterday. You and I have discussed this a million times. You keep saying, I got to see the proof. I know stuff is out there. I got to see the proof. But the House yesterday introduced articles of impeachment for President Biden. What are your thoughts on that? Foolish move. Um, the extremists in the Republican Party damaged their own cause. Um, president Biden is the second worst president in history, as we've discussed, on Sid and Friends. Okay? <laughs> yes. He's second to James Buchanan, who totally booted the Civil War and was unbelievably incompetent. But... Being incompetent is not impeachable. So to do this, the independent voters who are leaning against the Democratic Party, that's, they say to themselves, ah, they're both the pox on both their houses or whatever the cliche is. They don't want this kind of stuff. They want efficiency. They want to be able to uh, have a good life, raise their family, have economic security. They don't want this continual impeach this, impeach that. The Republicans know the impeachment thing would never pass the Senate in a million years. Why are you wasting your time? Now, what should happen is that the two committees, Oversight and Judiciary, they both say that they have evidence that is very damning against Joe Biden himself. Okay, develop the evidence and then present it to the American people what you have in a clear and concise manner. I'm for that. But knock off the extremist garbage. Oh, we're going to impeach. We're going to this. We're going to that. It hurts the country. Well, I'm wondering if they're so aggravated after what happened to Hunter Biden a couple of days ago, which Donald Trump really put best when he said they basically gave this kid a traffic ticket. You've got a rapper in jail for years for the same exact crime. That's the gun crime, not even the tax crime. Anybody with, with, a, with a decent mind, anybody who's not completely agenda-driven knows that Hunter Biden got away with whatever he did with a slap on the wrist, and maybe Republicans are just pissed off. They've had enough. Okay, but do it in a constructive way. Everybody knew the fix was in on Hunter Biden. You don't take five years to bring charges that you could get in five weeks. Right. I mean, this is a, a low-level beef. Hunter Biden didn't pay taxes on about $2 million. Then they got him, and then he paid some money back. All right? And then he had a gun, and uh, he lied on the gun application, and he was running around with the gun naked. I mean, just the fact that he was naked, I charged <laughs> him for five years. Okay? Put your clothes on. We don't want to see you naked with or without a gun. Okay? But everybody knew the fix was in. This is the Justice Department. The FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop for years, and it still has not launched an investigation into the man, even though he admits on the laptop that he took money from dubious foreign concerns. 
It's corrupt. So is Alvin Bragg. Do we all get that? Alvin Bragg is corrupt. You can stab somebody and not get bail in New York City. And yet, he brings felony charges against a Stormy Daniels beef? Come on, it's ridiculous. But you got to vote these people out. That's the only solution. you got to vote them out. Get rid of them. And so the Republicans, every time they do something extremist, they hurt their own cause. And the people that you're hearing from are those people, right? I mean, whether it's Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates yeah, or I Chip mean, they're Roy. they're in the media every day because the corrupt corporate media wants to feature them as loons. Look, look at this. They, rep- they don't represent the Republican Party. They're just racing around trying to get attention. It's always the extremists who get the most attention. What do you think about the court date already being out there? It'll be August 14th. We know it now, this trial date for the document charge against President Trump. And, again, that comes right on the heels of the slap on the wrist for Hunter Biden. Now, I had Lara Trump on the show yesterday, Bill. She said, look, to be completely honest, it's business as usual. It's not like we're all freaking out. Oh, my God, he's got to go to court again on August the 14th. We expect this to continue until the day he stops serving. She's probably right, but what about that? Already a court date in August for Donald Trump. He doesn't even have attorneys yet. It's impossible. So they push you back and push you back, and then when he does finally hire attorneys to represent him in the documents case, um, they'll start to challenge the overarch laws. There's two of them, the Espionage Act and the Presidential Records Act. Well, the first thing Trump's lawyers, new lawyers, are going to do is file um, challenges to those laws that they don't apply to Donald Trump. And those cases will have to be heard before any criminal case is heard. So maybe in four years... They'll get around to it. (laughs) The way the system works. I mean, look. look. Write this down. All right, go ahead. If it took five years years. to get a plea on a tax evasion for Hunter Biden, it'll take 50 years (laughs) to get Trump in that courtroom. If if that's the way the system is, come on. I know, but the system works differently for Republicans and uh, Democrats, as you know. But But remember. This trial is going to be heard in Fort Pierce, Florida. This is not San Francisco. This is a whole different thing. The jury pool will come from Central Florida. Right. So this is a mess. It's going to go on and on and on. Um, What uh, Ms. Trump told you is correct. Uh, The Trump machine is just going ahead and they're going to run and uh, they're going to do what they do and people will decide yes or no. And I know that you don't pay a lot of attention to these polls and you don't because they've been proven to be dishonest and inaccurate over the years. But for whatever it's worth, every time they indict this poor bastard or arrest him, his numbers go up. I mean, he's destroying Ron DeSantis right now, destroying him. Yeah, but it it doesn't really matter now. Uh, It'll start to matter around the end of August after the first debate. Uh, Republican debate that Trump's not going to show up to, and he's smart not to show up there because they'd all band together and beat him up, and the the Fox (laughs) News moderators aren't going to protect him. 
So it would just be like nonstop 90 minutes, Trump is the devil. So why would he show up? I wouldn't show up, and I, I'll debate anybody. Um, so that's when the polls start to mean something. Bo- all the campaigns are marshalling their money. They're not spending a lot of money yet. Uh, DeSantis, again, I've never even talked to the man. I don't know him. I think he ran the state of Florida well. Um, but Trump is so much larger than life, and he's got the MAGA uh, people that are going to stand by their man forever. And that's a good 35-40% of the Republican Party. That's pretty tough for any challenger to overcome. It is. I want to ask you about the mayor here in New York City. You know, I befriended him. You know the whole thing. I'm not going to go with the whole thing again. Yeah, I but, know. I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So, so he comes out on Father's Day. He's in some church somewhere, and he says, you know, God told me in my sleep 30 years ago that on this date in 2022, I'd be mayor. And son of a gun, it happened. Yes, and by the way, that same day, he compared himself to Denzel Washington in the movie Glory. Yesterday, he invokes Kunto Kinte, saying that, hey, don't worry about me, folks. The scars on my back are still there, but you can't take me down. Has this man gone completely insane? No, I I mean, people don't know this, but God did appear to Bill de Blasio. (laughs) Is that right? And said, "Hey, if you don't get out of here, I'm gonna. You're going to hell." <laughs> okay, All right, so All people right. don't know that yeah. they didn't publicize that. Maybe God knows um, where that 1.5 billion is that uh, his wife seemed to can't find. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. And God also said, "If you don't stop smoking pot in Gracie Mansion, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a fire <laughs> develop in this room." Um, so I, I, you know, if God is regularly appealing, appearing to New York City mayors, I mean, that's kind of a good thing. Maybe Adams will get some good advice. Quinta um, Kinte, I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe he'll be on the city council. <laughs> well, okay. we're getting close. We've got Yusef Salar money against Inez Dickens, actually, in Harlem. That's another ridiculous. I mean, it is unbelievable, Bill, when you really think about what's going on. I know you're on Long Island, but what's going on in our in our boroughs, in our city, in our state. And, of course, we know the, the whole federal thing's a mess, too. But what's going on in New York, it, it's, it's hard to believe. I'm sorry. I, I just can't believe it. Well, I, I'm in the city a lot. I know what's going on. But the worst tragedy of all is the Mets. The Mets. The Mets are the worst tragedy. They are worse. What are they doing? They're worse I mean, they're than people. They're the stands. They're running. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I don't know what's happening out there. Yeah. I'm just saying, wait, wait, stop. Um, <laughs> so um, New York City's a mess. You're right. And I hope Mayor Adams can, can figure it out um, because – People are teed off. But remember, we had an election, and Kathy Hochul won. So you vote. This is what you get. We need a strong mayor and a strong governor to say, enough, enough. You commit a crime, you're going to be punished. All right? That's it. You know, it's Giuliani was a genius. No, he just. Giuliani came in and said, any time you commit a transaction, that hurts the city, we're going to punish you. Right. And presto, crime drops in every area. There's safety on the streets. That's not hard. But these people won't do it. And then the people get 
hammered the most continue to vote for them. Well, that's that's Great. the point. That's a good point. In fact, in fact, yesterday I had to get my hearing aids fixed. That's sexy, I know. Um, but I was walking in the city, and about five feet in front of me when I left the doctor's office was uh, Marsha Kramer. I like her, CBS. She's out there in a park with a microphone, and she's interviewing people on the street. And she's asking them about the city council races. She recognized me. Her cameraman was a big Get Ant fan. He recognized me. So she put me on. I'll be on 11.30 Sunday morning. I don't know. And she said to me, do you vote? I said, sure. She said, why? I said, because if I, if I don't vote, I can't bitch and complain. She said, uh, why don't enough people vote? And I said, I don't have an answer for you, but I can tell you this. Last weekend in one district in Brooklyn, Bill O'Reilly, only 22 people voted the whole weekend for city council. How do we fix that? You can't fix it. Nobody pays attention. They don't care. It's boring. The only thing you can do is put the mail-in ballots in the pot shops. That's what, you, that's what I would do. All right? So you get your pot, and then you can mail in your ballot right there. <laughs> There's certainly yeah, enough we live, of those. <laughs> yeah, we live in the in the United States of diversion. People they're addicted to their phone, they're addicted to whatever. The vending machine has heroin. I you know it's and you think you're gonna pay attention to the city oh. council? Oh, you're right. These people can hardly get out oh. of bed. You're right. I mean they're stoned all the time. What yeah. it's crazy what's happened to our society. It is. They you, don't, it's apathy. You they walk. You, you walk in the city, Bill, and there are blocks. I swear to you, there are blocks that have not one, not two, but three smoke shops on the same block. Bill O'Reilly, oh, come on, dude. There are blocks in the city that said more Canadian fire air. <laughs> we don't. We it's better than the pot. Oh God. We want more fire. You are so right. It's uh, it's it's funny, but it's not. And you're right about the Mets. They may uh, be worse than uh, obviously uh, Biden and Buchanan. But you're not. You're the best. I love you, Bill. Great, great conversation today. Glad you're home. I missed you last week, and glad you had a great time in Ireland. Welcome home, buddy. Nice to have you today. All right. When everybody go to BillOReilly.com, we have a photo gallery of the Irish pictures. And uh, we'll talk soon, Sid. Thank Thanks you, Bill. Great job. Right. Of course, BillOReilly.com. Check it out today. That sets up our fourth and final hour. Great 9 o'clock hour about to come your way. As always, my man Bo Deedle starts us off live in studio. And then we'll talk to a very interesting man, Chadwick Moore. Wrote a book about Tucker Carlson recently, but he's a gay conservative who has now been canceled. And then NASCAR driver Corey LaJoy. Exciting 9 o'clock hour about to come your way on your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me. I'll be right back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Limelight Rush, one of my favorite rock and roll songs ever. One of my favorite guys ever. Bo Deedle, here every Tuesday. Kicks ass, great cop, great actor, dear, dear friend for over 25 years. And he's so good, we've got him on Tuesdays at 7.40 and live in studio here Thursdays at 9.05. I want to get to something very quickly you touched on on Tuesday. The New York Post article came out on Friday. Now, Danielle's much smarter than me. You know that. She's brilliant. My wife, uh, beautiful wife, she's an attorney. We both read the story about you. Danielle said to me, I swear to God, she goes, there's nothing here. She read the article twice. She said, in fact, in an article that I think they were trying to take out Bo Deedle, they made it very, very clear that he did nothing wrong. <laughs> she couldn't figure out what the hell the Post was trying to accomplish. Well, that's cool. That's because Danielle's a great attorney. And it was all a bunch of bull. It's a, it's a hit piece by you know who, by Lachlan Murdoch. And again, I want everybody to listen to Bo Deedle's True Crime podcast. I take it apart. I tell him what he is. Now he keeps coming at me. People saying, Bo, you're taking on one of the biggest moguls of news. Well, come on, bring it, bring it, Lachlan. I told you, a a dozen times. Have 15-year security guys. Have as many lawyers as you want. You want to know the truth? I'll tell you every bit of the truth from, from the beginning of your my involvement with Fox News and everything, with my very, very dear friend who made who made Fox News. Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. No doubt. And, Roger and a little Ailes, bit of Bill Shine. Roger Ailes told me, you know what, Bo? He's a lucky sperm, Lachlan. Yeah, that's why you hated Roger Ailes, Lachlan. Let's bring it on, okay? You got that other $2.5 billion lawsuit coming another one. You just settled a billion dollars. You got another 2.5. You know what, you lucky sperm? The, the board of directors should throw you the hell out of there. And I, if I have any News Corp stock, I'd sell it. Yeah, I'm coming at you, Lachlan. I'm not backing off. Maybe you should call up your friend, Tom Cruise. Happy Pride Day. Okay, here we oh, go. Here we go. Uh, All I can uh, say is uh, I've been confirmed with this 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 uh, law firm, Sussman Gottfried. Listen to it. Sussman Gottfried. And you know what? You got two suits going against. One you have found it. You're going to be guilty again. I may be coming to bring now you back. You can't do this to me because everybody that read that article and then all of a sudden in that article about this ex-sergeant, he just got convicted. He's the one that committed the crime, not Bo right. Deedle. Right. You know, it's uh, been a, a pretty good run here for you, Bo, the last couple of months yeah. between the cast of The Real Housewives yeah. of New Jersey Boy, and now The Post. They one, all want you. One million hits on Twitter. I know. I did that behind the green door of Velvet Rope. What's it called, that thing? <laughs> of the Velvet Rope, With David. Yes. David what Yontep. He's a good guy. a great guy. And great that's going to come yes. out. you got to listen to that. Yes. But I'm going to tell you something. Everybody says, oh, Bo, you shouldn't just shut your mouth and sit there. No! I, I never sat there. And when my clients hire me, they hire me for the reasons I protect my clients with the truth, with the facts. And I'm coming, Lachlan. Lachlan, you can end it if you find your balls. And let me sit down with you. You got 15 security guys, eight lawyers. I don't care. I will tell you the truth. And that's something that I don't think you can handle. From you putting me on the cover of the New York Post with that other bullcrap article over the years. Then when I ran for mayor, you cock-blocked me through every aspect of it. It's all about me and Lachlan. It ain't about the New York Post. I get the New York Post every day. I love the New York Post. I've been told many a times, you are blocked from the New York Post. They will not have it. How about I can't do it? I was 12 years a Fox News contributor. When Roger left, you know what Lachlan did? He banned me from going on Fox News because of my loyalty and my yes. friendship yes. to Roger Ailes. And you know what? 
a lucky sperm. You didn't make Fox <laughs> News. <laughs> and you're not no Rupert Murdoch Lachlan. Uh, right. All you are is a little punk. Hey, come on, baby. Let's sit down if you have the balls. Okay. Hey, here's what uh, my wife said at one point. She said, the article is top-heavy with criticism, and by the time you get to the end of it, it's like, so what? And even in the article, it says, although Bo didn't do anything, the white people are <laughs> no, the so stupid. All right, let me get to the, uh, okay. the gay pride stuff because yeah. you're on the same page. Uh, we had Bill White on. It uh-huh. was a great interview at 645 this morning. And me, and Bill, of course, is going to be 56 years old. He is an old school homosexual. He doesn't understand the transgender movement. He's not happy about uh, what the gay community is doing in a lot of aspects. And you, by the way, I know when you ran for mayor, there's a great picture I'm talking about New York Post, a great picture of you walking uh, during the gay pride parade yeah. in a pink jacket mind you but you're on the same page you don't get this new age era no. of the no, lgbtq no. community i have so many friends that are lesbians and homosexual guys i love them and you want to know they're the nicest people in the world yes. and i would be with them anytime i loved being around them they're very warm and everybody's great that's their their prerogative to what do whatever they want but now we got this transformer crap that we don't even understand what the hell is happening. They're injecting. Then they're cutting the breast off a 12-year-old girl. And then all of a sudden she says, where's my breast? Because they're doing This is insanity. we got to stop the insanity. It has nothing to do with gay pride. No. Gay pride is one thing. This transformer, transgendize, or whatever the hell they're called. This is an <laughs> anomaly that is not right mentally. The 40%, 40% of the people that with this transgenders that want to be a transgender have mental problems. They try to commit suicide. Yeah. Then once they become the transgender, 50% try to commit suicide. Something's wrong with the chromosome shots. I got it. That's why I just okay. had uh, Rachel McGay on last hour. She actually leads a New York chapter for gays against grooming because it is clear, folks, mm-hmm. that little kids cannot yeah. make the decision to cut off their, their genitals hey, or their breasts. On. I mean, come on. Let them grow up. Please leave the children alone. Hey, Adam Schiff, you punk. Oh, you know oh. What? Let me tell you, Adam, why don't you come to New York? You're a United States congressman. I tell you what, I'd like to slap you in your face. Where is all the evidence? You had news conferences with this collusion with Russia. You stood there like the lion. You know what? You should go with Lachlan. Maybe you should get into bed with Lachlan because he's a liar just like you. Oh, we have all the evidence against Donald Trump with Russian collusion. Where is it, you idiot? <laughs> they don't have it? It. That's why they censured him yesterday. He doesn't have it. Oh. But but everybody I've spoken to this morning, from Judge Napolitano to Bill O'Reilly, yeah. all think the censure and yesterday the impeachment process with Joe Biden, they do think it's a mistake for the Republicans. Yeah, I, I think they should get the evidence first before right. they start pre-ejaculating. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, uh. now basically, basically, these poor guys in this submarine, they sit on a board. I get on the elevator, I get claustrophobia. <laughs> Who the hell wants to go uh, 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 5,000 feet, 10,000 feet down? I, You're out of your I, mind. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I was called uh, one person, actually. Everybody agreed with me except for one. They called me insensitive. But which people, they're so bored, they do stupid things. Don't go in spaceships or submarines. No, 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 Just no, get no. a nicer hotel no, room. Check you this. got the money. Did you check this thing out? You sit on the floor there. For, I know. I mean, I mean, this is so ridiculous. Did you ever go scuba diving? I went down 130 feet once. It gets so dark down there, and they wanted me to go to the caverns and all this crap. I said, kiss my butt. I ain't going in there. Man, you're getting trapped in a cavern. Now they're going down 
12,000 feet to the Titanic. I mean, come on. Maybe they brought the sub into the Titanic, and maybe that's where they're sitting right <laughs> well, now. Well, I will say this. Those yeah. waters are very eerie, oh. kind of like the Bermuda Triangle, oh. whatever the Titanic is. They I don't care about eerie. That. When you're 12,000 feet down, it's eerie. Yeah? yeah. And you know what? There's no light. You're in the darkness, the abyss. Oh, terrible. I, I get the heebie-jeebies thinking oh, about these terrible. poor guys. Yeah. God bless you guys. I'm, you know, I hope there's a great outcome, but... Doesn't look too good. All right, let's get to Subway. <laughs> okay. I've been texting my mayor. He never texts me back Me anymore. either. Never. Never anymore. Oh, my God. What is going on? Well, he's talking to God. He's busy. But listen. Or he's watching the, Roots again. Look, I don't look, know what he's doing. Look at the Subway crimes. Oh, so crime is down. Stabbings, cuttings, everybody's. Slashings, now, yes. Yeah, but now we should go. But he should go before the city council. It's time. The mentally ill have to be dealt with. They have to, if they be forcibly taken off for mental health, this is what you do when you got a mad dog, what do you do? Like keep biting people? No, you put them down. Right. Now, now my other thing that I've been talking about, lift them in batteries with these little punks with their motorcycles, motor scooters. No license plates on them. They're blowing up all over the place. When are we going to ban these? When are we going to put license plates? Every time I walk across the street, one of these little Julios come by and I got to jump out of the way. Enough already. <laughs> Mayor Adams, please come to from wherever you are. Please. You're right. God told you to take this job. What do you mean he's right? What are you crazy too? You what actually is... believe that God told him that? Well, I don't know. He told he called himself Kuti Kinta. <laughs> he, he did. Said I, it know, wrong. I, I know. And I then just... he says he's got whip marks on his back. Yeah. Oh, whoa. yeah, like a Denzel Washington in glory. He's gone completely insane. Yeah, and you know why we're we here because I, I, I you know, I, I pick things out for your show. You know these social media sites. For these kids, Facebook, Instagram, yes, and all that. Yes, these kids were on there, too. They are so into depression from this. Because on these sites, they tell you things, and they psychopathic you out. This is the destruction, the evil destruction. These social media sites, I'm all over the I freaking agree. thing. But I tell you what, I don't even look at it. They all join. <laughs> I got one million followers on Tiki Taki. I don't really care. You have a million? A million. That article I put out about uh, Louis, yeah. one million hits. Stop it. No, stop it. Do you do, like, dancing and stuff on no, it? No, I tell the truth. Oh, that's even better. It. Not like Lachlan yeah. Murdoch. <laughs> and then uh, Governor All Rose. roads lead back to Lachlan Murdoch. <laughs> and, yeah, Lachlan, again, I can stop this. And I'm not going to stop this. Hey, why don't you put another article about me in it? Another lie. Come on, dickhead. Okay, now, Tom Cruise to you there. Okay, now. Governor Snaggletooth Hochul, all of a sudden she thought she was going to get so much money from this pot. I think she was talking about they got about $40 million on the licensing if you wanted to get a license. But they have about 15 dispensaries open up. But you got 2,000 <laughs> illegals selling the pot everywhere. You're not making any money. Hey, Snaggletooth, why don't you take charge of the state? And the first thing you should do is go before the 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 Senate and also the Assembly and get this bail reform straight now. Before we lose this city. One more thing, one more thing. Okay, one more thing. Reparations. Oh, now what about start. the Italians? What about the Italians? Yeah, what, about, even, what about the Jews when they went to the Lower East Side? What happened to them? You you deserve reparations. Italians deserve reparations. And you know what? The new poll, new poll. The only one that could be Biden is DeSantis and, and Donald Slow down with DeSantis. He's a good man. He's a great Oh, he killed him. Called him a loser. Enough Called him a crap. loser. You know what? If I'm the coach of a team yeah. and you become my all-star, 
Sid, yeah. and you make it at the best, the best, the best. You'll be happy. I'm proud of you. Right, right. He should be proud of what this is. But he's still running against and them. And if you call him names, he was in the military, Don. Where were you with your little beanie cap with your propeller on it? You draft dodger! Stop it! Oh, Don't my. go against my veterans! Wait a second. I thought you guys were getting better, you No, 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 Trump. no. I don't like his attacks. That's what made him lose the last election, Sid. People don't like him. Nobody could talk to him. Nobody could take him by the shoulder and yeah. say, Donald, stop already. Yeah. All you're doing is making people hate you more and more and more. Republicans, Democrats, yeah. Independents. And then, yeah, the apocalypse is coming to New York City. <laughs> Everybody says, oh, New York's in good shape. They said no, 40% of the real estate, commercial real estate, is going into that toilet bowl. Yeah. If you invest in real estate in New York City, you've got to be taking those mushrooms, yeah. whatever they're taking. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. it. The one thing I will say about the mayor, I'll give him some credit, yes. is, you know, you're talking about the, the crazy people before, and we don't want to put them down. Of course, they need help. No. And he did come out with a plan, Mayor Eric Adams, to try to help. And, of course, even his own friends, guys like Jamani Williams, they said the plan was so uh, pie in the sky, it'll never work. They put it down. But at least he's trying something, and the city has done nothing since. Yeah, so. and they, they, That's you know, not on Mayor Eric Adams. You know that's what? on the city. My company's been around 38 years. We do very good background investigations. Look at this. I just read about this assemblywoman, a Democratic assemblywoman. Her name was Izen, Izez Dickens. Oh, I know. She's running against Yusef Salam, yeah, well, one of the exonerated five from he was there beating people I up. Know that. I talked to my dear friends, the DA area. They were involved. They didn't actually, they, they didn't actually consummate the rape. The, the little Julio came by and then oh, he did it. Right. And then they switched the whole thing out. But this woman lied about, lied about her college degree. That's what we do. We do backgrounds and we check them out. We check them out. I love that. Thank you very much. And, um, you're right about the, that group. He did not commit the rape. But he was in the park, quote-unquote, wilding, wilding that wilding. night, right? Now, Allegedly. Now, yeah. we, why does he just run for mayor? I mean, <laughs> hey, Eric, Eric uh, if you're listening, I know you listen. Please, baby, call me. Please, baby, you are the leader here. I still believe in you, but we got to do a few things, and I'm standing by to help you. You are the man. Whether God talked to you or not there, Mayor Adams, Bo is talking to you. I'm your big brother, Uncle Papa. Please, please, let's straighten this city out. And you're in the driver's seat. Save New York, Eric. You will be the man. All right. Nine different topics out of Bo Dito today. Nine, all with heart and love. That's why he, along with Curtis Sliwa, but Bo, I put him right there, the greatest New Yorker of all time. And if God was good to us, he would have been mayor. But you know what the good news is? I get him twice a week, and I love him. And I am supporting my friend Curtis Lee was next round. All right. Well, that may happen. Stay tuned. Curtis Lee, we're going to do it again. We're going to come back with a very, very heroic gentleman. His name is Chadwick Moore on this gay Pride Day. You're going to get to know Chadwick next right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Hello, baby, hello. Haven't seen your face for a while. Have you quit doing time for me? Or are you still the same spoiled child? Hello, I said hello. The only place you thought to go Am I the only man you ever had Or am I just the last surviving friend John Harmony Wrapping up our final 30 minutes Got two great guys Corey LaJoy, big time NASCAR driver. He's going to be here to end today's program with A.R. Barrage from RPM Raceway. But I was really looking forward all morning to talking to this guy, Chadwick Moore. He's a hero as far as I'm concerned. He's a gay conservative writer and a great one. They try to cancel him, but it ain't going to work. So joining us on this day where we celebrate gay pride on 77 WABC is Chadwick Moore. Chadwick, good morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, Sid, good morning. I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing great. It's great to have you. I'm a big, big fan of yours. And I do want to talk about, uh, well, let's talk about you for a second, okay? Because you've had this extraordinary career. I mean, everything from covering the, the issues with Putin and the gays in Russia. Of course, you were there hours after that uh, Pulse shooting in Orlando. They actually called that a hate crime. It really wasn't. It was more of an Al-Qaeda ISIS type of thing. But regardless, it was a gay nightclub. You're doing all these great things. And then I guess uh, people were upset because you're conservative and you're gay and you experienced a couple of issues along the way. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think yeah. some issues along the way, it's fair to say. Um, yeah, I was uh, so I was, you know, a kind of mainstream journalist working in liberal publications. I was writing for New York Times and Playboy and I was editor at large for Out Magazine, The Advocate, which is where I did those uh, two cover stories you just mentioned. And, uh, you know, 2016, um, I was assigned to profile Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, and I wrote, you know, a really, I thought, very fair and straightforward profile of him. By the way, just so you know, uh, before before Milo went back to being a heterosexual, he changes out like you change your underwear. For about <laughs> for about two years, he used to visit me and Bernie every other week. He had a huge crush on me. But, of course, I'm married to a beautiful woman, so I, I didn't uh, accept any of his advances. But uh, I was a crush for Milo Yiannopoulos, just so you know that, uh, Chadwick. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you know, you're probably smart for not accepting those advances, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yes, yeah, so I, uh, I profiled him, and then that caused this big backlash because you can't give a conservative a fair shake in liberal media, apparently. Uh, and then, um, you know, I got so fed up with everything. I, I wrote a piece in the New York Post in early 2017, right after uh, Trump's inauguration, and I just sort of came out as a conservative, and I just said that I don't want to be, you know, so associated with this liberal cult. I don't want people to think I'm like them. I believe in free speech. I believe in gun rights. I think the media is getting a lot wrong when it comes to Trump. 
And that was just a bridge too far. And, you know, I was fired from all my jobs and blacklisted liberal media and lost all my friends and, you know, how it was. So that's a, that was kind of my story in a nutshell. You know, you're my third gay guest today. I spoke to a guy named Bill White, who's very, very close to President Trump. I think you know who Bill White is. And, yeah, yeah, I love Bill. Uh, he's a great guy, terrific guy, him and his husband. And I had uh, Rachel McGay on earlier from the, um, this is a group, of course, uh, Gays Against Grooming. And I asked them both the same thing. You know, you went through all this nonsense because you're gay and you're conservative. You're not supposed to be that way. You're supposed to hate Trump, hate Republicans. I know this is a conservative-leaning station, so it's not a coincidence. You were the three I had on the show today, but maybe it's changing, right? Is there a chance, Chadwick, it's changing and more and more gay people are starting to lean right, or is that just my hope? No, I, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, you, I can see it anecdotally everywhere. You know, back in 2016, 2017, there were a few outspoken gay people who were against the left, you know, Milo being the biggest one. But now you look around on, online and there's thousands of these influencers who are all, you know, identify as LGBT who are really speaking out against the left. You know, the only data we really have is if you look at the um, look at the votes for Trump in 2016 versus 2020, the gay vote for Donald Trump doubled in 2020 compared to 2016 to uh, 28%. I mean, that's almost a third. So that's and by the huge... way, that, that, that's still not high enough when you consider because Obama didn't do it. And Clinton didn't do it. All these Democrats, they love the gays. Uh, by the way, they, they wrote laws against gay marriage, those guys. I mean, they, they, I shouldn't say they wrote laws, but they certainly were enthusiastic in, in, uh, in defending those. Donald Trump, as far as I know, with Rick Grinnell, was the first and only, the first and only to have a gay man uh, in his uh, working form. Is that not true? That's absolutely true. And, you know, aside from that, you know, Trump's always been this liberty when it comes to these issues. He's like a live and let live guy. In fact, as far back as the year 2000, the advocate, my former employee, employer, uh, did this glowing profile of Trump over his support for gay marriage before any of those people, before well, well before Biden and Obama and Hillary. You know, because you know, everyone kind of gets what Trump's about. He's like, a, you know, just do your own thing. Uh, you know, Melania is obviously kind of a gay icon. And, uh, uh, yeah, and, and aside from just, um, you know, give, put, putting um, Richard Grinnell on, on the cabinet, Trump also launched this initiative. Uh, to decriminalize homosexuality in the over 60 nations where it's still legal, and in about right. nine of those nations, you can be executed for it. He never gets any credit for that. Never. No, they hate him. I mean, gays, at least, now look, New York is rough, real rough, because they're so liberal. So maybe that's a bad example, talking about anecdotal, but they hate him here. Like, I got family members who talk about him like he's evil. Oh, he hates women, he hates gays. Both of that, it's all nonsense, Chadwick, all nonsense. It's crazy. And New York used to love him before he ran for president as a Republican. You know, he was this, he was, you know, this guy who's one of ours. He's this character about town. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and then suddenly he just put an R next to his name and he's, you know, yeah. he's the Antichrist. Ridiculous. Chadwick uh, was born in Tennessee. What part of Tennessee? Columbia, Tennessee, about 40 minutes south of Nashville. Oh, yeah. Lovely place. And now he lives in uh, Williamsburg, Williamsburg, New York, among the uh, the crazy liberals. I don't know how you live there, but God bless you. And uh, your most recent book about my friend Tucker Carlson. In fact, I'll be on Fox News the next two days. I'll be on Jesse Waters tomorrow night and Brian Kilmeade's One Nation show on Fox News coming up Saturday night. So I still have a relationship with the folks at Fox News, even though I miss Tucker Carlson dearly and they did him wrong. Tell us about your new book about Tucker. Yeah, it's it's a biography of Tucker Carlson. And, you know, he I've been working on it for over a year. Uh, it's coming out July 18th, but it's available for pre-order now anywhere you get your books. 
And he just, he, he gave me sort of unprecedented access to his life. And I spent a lot of time with him, really got to know his world and what he's like off camera. Well, give and me really something, give, give me something, that, give me something without giving away the book and ruining it. Chadwick, you can share with my listeners right now that when Tucker said it to you, you were like, oh man, I never would have predicted that. <laughs> well, uh, I, I love what he had to say about President Trump, and I try to get every word of it in there. And, uh, you know, he he, t- he told the most hilarious stories about having dinner with Trump. And, and you know, Tucker doing a Trump impersonation is really great. Um, but he was also critical of him where he felt he deserved it, uh, you know. Um, but, you know, the way he talked about Trump on foreign policy was pretty magical. Uh, it's, it's a really great part of the book. How bad is Putin, his uh, anti-LGBT propaganda laws, and I know right now, of course, we're talking about Putin with Ukraine and Russia. But today, of course, is Pride Day here today. How poorly does Putin and the Russians treat the gay community? So that was a huge wake-up call for me when I went to Moscow to do this story. And this was a few years ago. But, the, you know, the gay media was, and the liberal media was doing this ramp-up campaign that Putin was arresting gay people, putting them in the camps, et cetera, et cetera. And you go there, and and you realize that, like, you can't look at Russia through the lens of the West. You know, the the, the idea of like a civil rights movement and especially a gay rights movement is it's like speaking a foreign language to them. It's a a country that lived under communism for however long. It made no sense. So it wasn't, you know, it was of course not publicly acceptable, but it was kind of on par with America in the 1950s Hmm. where, you know, and even in the big cities, you know, gay people would be mostly left alone, but it wasn't this sort of like targeted campaign of, of rounding up. You know, people were saying that, uh, you know, if, if a Russian person at this time had seen the rainbow flag, they would have no idea what it meant. So it's not like they were killing gay people in the streets. That's what the West would want you to believe. It's not like that at all, right? Oh, the funniest thing was there's this famous photo at the time of this man uh, with a with a pride flag, and he was sort of bloodied and beaten up, and there were cops standing over him. And I asked someone about that photo, and, was, and the woman was like, I was there. I know that guy. He's not even Russian. And by the way, he punched the cop first. And nobody knew what. And <laughs> 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 she was a gay rights activist in Russia. Right. Don't ruin a good story. Let's leave it the way it is, Chadwick. Please don't tell them the facts. You know, I am going to say this, uh, knowing you're gay, but of course, I love you. I really do. And I think you're a tremendously talented guy. But I really believe that a full month is perverse. I don't think African-Americans should get it. I don't think gays should get it. I'm Jewish. I don't think Jews should get it. One day is plenty, but to be, to watch the news every day and to see flags raised every day in every city on, in New Jersey and every town on Long Island, I think it's a bit perverse. I think we'll get closer to the day when we all live together, when we stop pointing out, hey, that person's different. What are your thoughts? I, I agree with you, and I, and I look forward to that day, too. I hope we can get to that day. And it seems that, you know, they just want to keep these divisions going and, and making it in time is absolutely obscene. Hey, I'm a big fan. Take the last Saturday in June and have a parade and a right. party and celebrate the Stonewall rides. That's great. Have a good time. But, you know, every corporation in America changing their avatar and, you know, making it, and it it's and waving. Don't you, you don't need to wave that flag on government buildings. I'm sorry. The American flag does just a good enough job. Right. So so you're right with me. You think it's perverse. And it's also we have a horrible Horrible habit. It's almost a pandemic in this country, and it's called virtue signaling. And everybody does it. Usually white people do it in their effort to to pretend how much they love black people, which is about as phony as any actress you'll ever meet. But this virtue signaling thing is a huge issue in this country, yes? Yeah, and isn't that what all this drag queen story hour and drag brunch for kids is about? It's literally like liberal moms trying to virtue signal 
not understanding how perverse and weird it is. <laughs> exactly, it really is. I mean, come on. If you want, to, if you're an adult and you want to have a party, and I, I don't even get that to be honest with you. I just don't get the whole. Well, fine, but you're an adult. You want to do that? That's fine. But the idea of having these people in our classrooms and that we're bad, we're the bad guys because we don't want our kids to see it. What the hell is our country turning into? Oh, it's absolutely right. And it's something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime because, you know, I've been out of the closet since I was in high school. I had a lot of friends who were older than me, gay men, and they used to tell me about how hard it was to fight that stigma of pedophilia, that all gay men are pedophiles. And, and now those older gay men can't believe what they're seeing. I can't believe I'm seeing that you're trying to get children involved in this. Of course, the most horrific thing now is that this gender identity, gender theory stuff that we're telling kids that they're a little uncomfortable in their body, especially young girls, and all young girls are. Then you know maybe they need to get addicted to the medical establishment and mm. and have surgeries again. It's really grotesque and has nothing to do with being gay. Agreed. Hey, listen, you are, you really are a hero, Chad. With more, I was looking forward to this conversation. You did not disappoint. In fact, you exceeded expectations. So thank you so much for hopping on today, celebrating this day with us. And please come back again more often. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Anytime. My pleasure. Chadwick Moore right here on Sid and Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I got it. Dishwala. Blue cards. Very good, Lewis. Wrapping up what's been a great show celebrating Pride Day. And my friend Al Barrage is here. This guy, Al Walks in with a box from David Yerman. Now, I wear a lot of bracelets because it's sexy and it looks good. But I don't wear as many as Al. It's close, actually. Walks in with a David Yerman box with this beautiful, beautiful blue bracelet. Al also owns all the RPM Raceways, where I took my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my son, Gabriel, and one of his friends. Turns out that kid's a douchebag. That's not the story. But anyway, long story short... You've got uh, five of those, and we race go-karts. And with Corey LaJoy about to join us, a legitimate NASCAR driver, you said to me earlier, Al, it all starts in a go-kart, right? Absolutely. Everything starts in a Every racer. Everyone? St- every one of them starts in a go-kart. Whether you're LaJoy or, or Jeff Gordon or, or Dale Earnhardt, all starts in a go-kart, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I went to the one in Jersey City. You've got five of them. Yes. They're all, I mean, the one in Jersey City is gorgeous, but uh, are they all pretty much the same, would you say? Uh, yeah, we kind of working on renovating some of them. But oh, you are? Yes. And you've it's got a, food a new... and games and video stuff. It's an amazing yeah. place. I think Corey would love it. Has Corey been there? Yet? I think I think he would love it. Absolutely, been in some some go kart facilities for sure. But this one is outstanding. This is uh, the one in Jersey City. Is yeah, the best. we actually had the uh, Formula One driver. Um, yes, this yes. past week. Oh, you had another one. You had yeah, one earlier Lando too. Norris. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. was like very impressed. You couldn't with believe it. it. He came the first day to do some, uh, I think, something with NBC, an interview, and then he was going to Canada. For the race, for F1 race yeah, in Montreal. And uh, he actually, the first day he came, it was all good. Yeah. All of a sudden, we get a call. The next day, he wants to come in with the entire... He loved it. Entire friends that he has around. I actually went so uh, out to uh, to uh, California on John Force. Yes. And uh, stood right there. And when he took off, it was amazing. I've covered all these, from funny cars there to the... Uh, 
to Ari Leyendijk, I covered for years, the Indy cars, yeah. to the NASCARs. Corey LaJoy comes from an unbelievable family. His yeah. grandfather, Don, is a member of the New England Auto Racing Hall of Fame. His, his father, Randy, he won the Xfinity Series championships in 96 and 97. So a long line of LaJoys that have been great drivers. Corey joins us right now. Corey, Sid Rosenberg, Ayal Farage here in New York. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, guys. I, uh, we got some action this morning here at Nashville. I'm watching my, uh, my spotter's motorhome buried to the axles here. So we've been trying to get that all, out all morning, but um, it's the calm before the storm here before we get going this weekend. Well, what's going to – oh, this weekend, of course, right. And now you're driving for the uh, Spire Motorsports full-time now here in 2023 for NASCAR. I know it's your third season behind the wheel of that number seven Chevrolet. You moved from uh, Go Fast Racing. Tell us about the difference now between Spire and uh, the former uh, company you used to drive for. Well, Spire, it, it was kind of a startup. It was almost an expansion expansion team with, with no employees, and, and um, I just kind of signed up for the vision more so than what the actual, what the product that they that they already had was, was displayed. So um, I was more or less Spire Motorsports employee 001, and we kind of whiteboarded it out, and I was able to bring my crew chief from Go Fast, Ryan Sparks. We've been working together for four years now and just continued to grow, and, and we started with – about 17 people, and, and we've grown to about 40 now, and wow. we're going to continue to get bigger. And, and, and we just there's not a, there's not a lot that's talked about, you know, with, with behind the scenes and just the the length of time it takes to, to build something into becoming coming good. And uh, we've had some good runs, we had some growing pains, but uh, we're going the right direction. Corny, is there a lot of pressure on you? I know you had two uh, top ten finishes back in 2019 with your old team, but. Again, your grandfather, Don, Hall of Famer, your father, Randy, won the series twice in 96 and 97. I've talked to the Petty guys, for example. That's a long line of successful uh, racers. Is there a lot of pressure on you, Corey, or not really? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, man, it's, it's tough to – it's fun to be able to carry that, that LaJoy name. My dad was, it was pretty cool. NASCAR named him one of the, the 75 greatest drivers. Um, so he got to celebrate that a couple weeks ago with – with all those guys down in Darlington. So it's been cool to be able to, to I think I've had, uh, I've raced in a cup series more than my dad has. So wow. my dad chose to, he chose to be a Saturday guy to, to kind of make a living on, on Saturdays where, um, you know, back in the day, the time commitment was a little bit more with being gone for more or less half a week. And, and now the schedule is a bit more concise and, um, you know, it allows me to go make a living on Sundays, and I've got my family here, and uh, so I'm trying to I'm trying to go four generations with my either one of my two sons, Levi or Jensen. Um, oh, there he is, right there. But um, <laughs> yeah. that would be cool, man. So, four generations yeah. of LaJoy's. man, that would be cool in the NASCAR series. So, have you gone to any of these RPM Raceway places up here in New York yet? No, I, I haven't, and I've been wanting to get over. I think I've been one actually a long, long time ago, but. Uh, I love a good, I love a good indoor outdoor go kart track. There's a really good one. There's a couple of really good ones by us in Charlotte. Trevor Van was there. Um, in yeah, Tre- Trevor Daytona 500 the camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Al says if you come to Jersey City and hop in a go kart, despite the fact you're a pro driver for NASCAR and come from three generations of great drivers, he says he's going to kick your ass. That's what he said. I don't know, Corey. I don't. What do you think? Um, I don't. I, I feel like no matter where I showed up, I'd hope I'd be able to. To put it to the local guys, because I, I, get, so. I get paid a lot. Of, I get paid a lot now. Go karts too, though. It's, it's a lot about your weight, right? So yes. 
you get the you get those guys that are 130 pounds and they're talking trash. Well, okay, wear a 70 pound weight vest and we'll see if you run the same speed. So, um, you know, I'm glad you said that because I, I did sports talk radio, Corey, for a long time, long time, and there was always this argument that not drivers, NASCAR, they're not athletes. I said, wait a second, wait a second. You sit in the same car for four or five hours with like 140-degree heat, make those turns which are impossible with a very tough steering wheel, do that for four or five hours a day. Don't tell me these guys aren't athletes. They certainly are, but I know you've heard that over the year, the sports talk argument that you guys aren't athletes. I disagree, but it's out there. Uh, Well, I don't know. Like, I, Yeah, I would like to be called an athlete, I guess, but I think athletic ability is, is subjective. Because there's a list of guys that race on Sunday that I would not call athletic whatsoever. <laughs> um, but but you know I, I think it is very skilled work. I think yeah. it's a, it's yeah. a, a skilled job. Um, it, it you know the the physical demand is is something right. You're and you kind of nail all those all those variables, the heat and and just the the g load on your body throughout the course of the race. Man, I'll, I'll burn. 2,500 to 3,000 calories, you know, over the course of a race sometimes, depending on how hot it is. So it is, you have to be in shape. That's not necessarily saying that they're athletes, but I, I do think it is a very, very skilled job. Great. That not, yeah. that, you know, people, people think that they can do it on the highway and it translates, but it's, it's completely different. <laughs> yeah, a little. Uh, just, yeah. You know, driving on a, driving a 3,600 pound missile on the verge of, of crashing every lap, that's uh, it's not an easy task. Not easy. But listen, so make me a promise. we got to run, Corey, that uh, one of these days we'll get you up to New York and we'll get you one of these go-karts at RPM Racing. Me and uh, AI will race the three of us to race against each other. And uh, just lose on purpose. We have something to tell our kids, okay? <laughs> uh, don't hold your breath. <laughs> and good luck on Sunday. All right, go out there and uh, do your thing, Corey. We're all rooting for you up here in New York. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, pal. Take care. Corey LaJoy and my man Al Farage, RPM Raceways, got five of them. I've only been to the one in Jersey City, but that is a great time, folks. I mean, a great time. Again, arcade games, the go-karts, the food. Al's there. He's a blast. Everybody, check it out. Check out those billboards also that Al was kind of put my face on. We're done. Great show today. I want to thank everybody, all the great guests, including John Katsimatidis, Lou Rubino. Of course, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, Barbara, good luck in your new job here. We'll all be back, as my driver Gene says, God willing, tomorrow at 6. Until then, from all of us to all of you, peace! Late after, late after.